everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 325 for the week of November 1st, 2014. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with RP Gamer's latest and greatest awesome people. Um, okay, they're always awesome, but uh, even more so today because uh, it's post-extra life and there's no stress in 24 hours of gaming and everyone's awake. Yay! Yay. Except for those awake of us who have been awake since Since last week. <laughs> You've been awake since last week. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. All right. Well, Extra Life went awesome. Thanks, everybody, for donating. We raised, like, $2,400 for the RP Gamer team. Anna and I both met our goals. Thank you so much. Um, Extra Life itself raised $5.5 million, so they're doing all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, pretty awesome event, and we'll be back for it next year. Um, and once again, thank you. And if you still want to donate, you still can. Yeah. Uh, donation tallies will count to the end of the year. So you can go extra-life.org slash team slash rpgamer and donate. Fill someone's, uh, just because you can donate after the fact. It doesn't matter. That's uh, still counting towards their goal. So thank you so much for helping out with that. Um, team uh, rpgamer. Yes, yeah, team rpgamer. Jacob. Speaking of team rpgamer, here with me this week, I've got my beautiful wife, Anna Marie Privetier. Good morning. I've got my wonderful cat, Simon. Meow. Meow. Yeah. Uh, I got my annoying cat, Sophie, but she's not on yeah. camera at the moment. And uh, I think that's it. All right. So let's uh, get on with what we've been... Oh, I also have Alice Wilkinson over from the UK. I, I can't believe I got introduced after your cat. Yes, you did. That's, that's about how you ring. Oh, Chris. Sorry, Quinn. And then uh, Emmanuel Marino, who was it, last after the Englishman person. It rained yesterday. Wait, but you're not in England. No, no, there were. In fact, it rained so hard in LA there were places that flooded. No, wow. that's it. That's every time it rains. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're not good at <laughs> it, it rains water. so infrequently that all I, the storm I admire. <laughs> I admire your dedication to the British spirit. No, it, it just <laughs> rains. It rains so infrequently that every time it rains is like first rain, and the and the streets are slick with oil, and the gutters haven't been cleaned out because they've no one. They haven't been used for like six months. It's terrible. Oh, why am I watching videos about Sonic Adventure, Manny? Yeah, why are you watching videos about Sonic? I don't know. Sonic I was looking up Big's the Cat for Big the Cat for some reason. Oh, because we're sharing Dreamcast nostalgia. Dreamcast nostalgia. I enjoyed the Dreamcast very I much. Didn't, so. I didn't have one back in the day. I had to get one. I've got one now, but I haven't really used it. Yeah, have I, I didn't have, have it I... back in the day either. I got it when I was like an adult. I, I got mine after the Dreamcast era ended. Have I ever told the story about my Dreamcast, about how it's currently held together with nothing but gravity? What? No, I want to hear this story. Okay, so my Dreamcast, uh, when, I was, um, when I was ill, so this was, God grief, this must be like 12 years ago now, my Dreamcast broke. It stopped reading CDs. So picture the scene. I'm kind of, I'm off school because I'm suffering from cancer. Um, and I'm just like, oh, hey, I can... Um, I have a screwdriver. My Dreamcast isn't working. I've always wanted to look inside one of my consoles, oh, so perfect. I did. Perfect. <laughs> so I took out every what single. What can screw go wrong? I, I took out every single screw I could find, and you know, just kind of <laughs> my way through it over the course of about two hours. You now, lost the I, screws, didn't you? Yeah. No, no, I didn't lose the screws. Uh, the screws are actually still in my Fancy Star Online 2 case, which doesn't have Fancy Star Online 2 in it anymore. I'd imagine uh, not. Sorry, version 2. Fancy Star Online version 2. Um, and um, I, I kind of put it back together again, but I left the screws off. I just sort of sat everything back in its original position, 
put the the um yeah I put the the, the uh, laser array back in its back in its spot and then kind of just placed the plastic cover over the top it all kind of neatly slot back into space uh, place basically and um what I found was if I kept the top off so the the plastic um shell and I basically held down the switch at the back that told the console that it was um the disc lid was closed. It actually worked again. Sweet. <laughs> um, now, this only had two downsides um, uh, and one upside. The upside was somehow replacing the plastic cover eventually did actually cause it to start reading discs again without the two risks which I'm about to describe. Number one, I broke my first copy of Power Stone 2 by touching the disc while it was still spinning, causing Oops. it to fly across the room. <laughs> now, it didn't, sh- it didn't shatter... Uh, but it did create a massive dent on the inside track to the extent where it no longer pick, you know, uh, no longer read. Uh, the second one was um, well. Uh, one, one time I tried to turn the thing off while its plastic shell was un- off, and rather than pressing the rather flimsy power switch, I grabbed the underside of the power switch and electrocuted myself. Ah. So, <laughs> that's the only time story. in which I've been electrocuted by a games console. This isn't good nostalgia stories. These are horror stories. This is but fun. <laughs> what I will say is my uh, Dreamcast does still work to this day. Without ever since that day, you've been able to recite the Choo Choo Rocket commercial from memory. Well, here's the problem that I'm pretty sure the Dreamcast had, and I know the Saturn had, is the copy protection is on the outside of the disc, which is the part that's most likely to get completely ratched. Yeah, funny enough, the Power Stone 3 uh, scratch, it's, uh, I actually kept the disc because it was quite impressive. Uh, but because of how the CD spun off the spindle, um, the, uh, the scratch is actually right across the inner track, but it's about an inch wide. Ooh. So I, I actually terminally screwed the disc, not, by, not with the copy protection, but the, the disc itself is just... That's okay. That's the same thing that Sega did to the console. So, hey, hey, hey! I enjoyed everything that was on the Dreamcast thoroughly. Somewhat ironically, I I bought a copy of the Power Stone Collection for the PSP years later. Uh, that disc broke as well. So uh, I've I've kind of determined that fate means that I I will never play a copy of Power Stone ever again. Or Shenmue. Apparently, we were talking about this earlier. Well, How never... do you not know the joys of wandering around 1985 Japan and putting <laughs> and buying sodas for sad, lonely waiters? Excuse me, can you buy me a soda today? Fukuisa. Well, in my defense against that one, I did wander around 2005 Sendai. I, I... It's not the same thing, bro. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> Real life Japan just doesn't compare. No, no, no. You need to walk around <laughs> towns and have awkward, ugly kids go, Excuse me, mister. Mister, can you help me find my kitty? Your kitty? Where is he? Soccer ball. Action. Quick action. (laughs) Blocked soccer ball. (laughs) Oh, what an awkward game that was. It was so awkward. Fukui-san. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Hello to you. I just want to listen to Manny talk. (laughs) What's going on? Actually, there was some... There was some instance of awkward voice acting in real Japan, but there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was, was that you trying to talk to Japanese people? <laughs> and, and the other way around. 
Fukui-san, hello. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this earlier that uh, the reason I bought – actually, one of the reasons why I bought one of the best RPGs on the Dreamcast, Grandia 2, was because it came with a soundtrack. I'm, I walked into it. Like I think it was a Hollywood video at the time. You remember those? Hollywood video? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I saw the, the, in the rental section that Dreamcast game uh, Grandia 2 had it came with a soundtrack CD. I'm like, it comes with a soundtrack CD. <gasps> That's so weird. I should buy this game. <laughs> I knew nothing else about it. But I bought it anyway. And it was all right. Yeah. I enjoyed that game. It had a really good battle system. And we talked about this earlier, how uh, you were you pitied me because I played Skies of Arcadia with the I original encounter rate. No, I didn't I didn't pity you. I was like, crap, you actually played the game with the original encounter rate? That takes balls. It was it was it was amazing when you can fly above the clouds and not have to fight anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it was like this amazing revelation, like <gasps> But it also well, I meant. Thought, mm-hmm. I thought the encounter rate in the South Ocean, the bit where you're sailing against the wind, uh, I thought that the encounter rate in that bit was high, and that was on the the uh, GameCube, which fixed the encounter rate. You want to know what's it was amazing? Eventually, once you could fly above the clouds or below the clouds, what you would do is you would only ever like directly. <laughs> you would oh, never descend fly. from the clouds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You would never fly straight on anymore. You would only ever descend directly upon a city, <laughs> or just or descend like or rise directly above a city. There was never like, oh, I need to fly. Let me go up. It was like parallel parking for your airship. Beep 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 beep. Okay, I'm in place. Get into the city. Oh. did you know if you put that disc into a CD player, the voice actors would come on and say, "Hey, this isn't a music CD." Put us back in the Dreamcast. We can get back into our adventure. What? Really? <laughs> nice. Like all four of the, character, the voice actors, which were barely in the game, would, would talk to you and say, put us back in a real Dreamcast. Let's go. As opposed to a fake one? I don't know. Well, that might have been <laughs> the, the message for the copy protection as well. You're a copy protection. Your face. Yeah, I showed you. All right. Manny, I have a question for you. Uh should I buy Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition? Uh, do you already have it on the PC? No. Yes. No, I don't. So I said yes. But but I don't have it on the PC. Yes, so who's on first? What's on second? <laughs> yes, right. get the Definitive Edition then. I have the free one that PS Plus gave me. On my yeah, PS3. as did I, but... Now you can have it as looking as good as it did on the PC when it first came out, and you can have all of the DLC. I say this: you don't necessarily need to buy it right now, but it's if on you want sale to sale for half off, how much? It's fifteen dollars right now. The definitive edition is fifteen. Yes. On on PS4. On Steam. Huh? Are you going to play it on Steam? I don't know. He was if asking you your opinion whether he should play <laughs> that on was, PC. That's, that's kind no, of where this started. on your PS4 or your Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's a pretty good deal, all the DLC. Uh, you might not even necessarily like the DLC, but it might be like a fun romp if you can get all... How about this? Pull okay. the trigger when the PS4 vision is 20 bucks or less. You think it's better as a console game? Uh, it's not much of an upgrade. You're pretty uh. much getting everything you already had from the PC version, just with all the DLC included in for a cheaper package. I don't have the PC version. That's what I'm saying, though. Okay. I'm confused. All right. Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition is 60 bucks on PS4. It is yeah, it's $15 on PC. <laughs> because it's basically the same game. I mean, the game already looked fantastic, and it already had all the DLC available. They just 
put it all into one package, right? Mm. Let me put it this way. That Vinny Caravella guy, he seemed to really enjoy that game. Yeah, I haven't seen the new Quick Look for the Definitive Edition, but these screenshots are sure pretty. It was always a pretty game. Mm -hmm. And you get to try out the – you get to learn a little bit more about uh, Chinese culture. Oh, Oh, I see what's happening. What's up? Okay. Because I – wait, but I don't own it. I don't know what's going on. Here, you just keep you prob- talking. You probably, you probably do. But it doesn't was- list in my games that I can install. This is mm-hmm. weird. I was so, going to say, you could, yeah. they have the, um, the Treehouse of a Horror episode where, where Hong Kong is taken over by, zombie, by zombies and vampires, but Chinese zombies and vampires. So you got to learn a little bit. You can learn a little bit more about that culture and how that works and how they're different and how they hop. Oh, uh, Yang, is it Yang Shi's hopping I vampires? Okay, and they, they they their arms stick out and they hop, and people think that's yeah. silly. But the reason why they do that though is because they're 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 stiff corpses with rigor mortis, so they sort of hop because they can't really move that well, and they stick their hands out because they're going to get you. <laughs> I figure out what's going on, Manny. Because so, I own Sleeping Dogs, the original, mm-hmm. it's offering me the definitive edition for only fifteen. Oh, that's an expensive upgrade, but you get all the DLC though, right? I had all the DLC. Oh, then that's an expensive <laughs> really? upgrade. Jesus. Nothing. I got what it off Steam off. sale. That's oh. nothing. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, don't even worry about it. Just they play even, what you got. They already have a free high-resolution texture pack available. So like, yeah. So what does the Definitive Edition add? Nothing, really. All right. If you watch the quick look like I did, I didn't see much. I don't know. I, it seemed like a good deal on the PS4 or Xbox One for people who might have missed it. All right. Sounds good. Someone can tell me in the in the forums if there's something else I'm missing. Because I have... So consider that I have the PC version and all the D, and the DLC already. Is there any reason I should get the Definitive Edition for you know $15? What? Speaking of which, that reminds me is that the director's cut of Deus Ex, a lot of PC players actually thought it was worse than the, than the original. I'm sorry. Say like, that again? The... Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut slash Definitive Edition on oh, PC. Okay. People thought that was actually worse than the original release. Not quite sure how, but um, they they removed like someone did a great like imager thing where they showed all of the all of the differences between the two. They removed a lot of the golden bloom effect. Uh, they introduced a lot more. They introduced more new bugs than were there before. <laughs> okay, just but, like, what I like, wanted. Like a lot but, of like, hey, better boss fights. Yes, yes, but you have to ask yourself, is all of the minor, like, the little differences worth, like, the addition of extra boss fights if you if you already played or own the well, original version? did they fix the original boss fights? Because they were they did. awful. They, well, they added they new options to get through them. New options. But, like, stuff like, remember the, the, the Missing Link yeah. DLC, which was that little addition? They actually slot that into the middle now as, like, this forced thing which rather than good. having this nice thing on the side. I don't know. I kind of like the fact that it was something on the side that you can play through quickly and try a different kind of Adam Jensen. Say you've been playing an Adam Jensen this way that like, here's my well, Adam if Jensen. You have the original, if you have the original version, um, which I think quite a lot of people did, um, then there's nothing really stopping you from, from doing that. Cause yeah. I think the only reason I have the, the, the director's cut version is because I got it for like two pounds or something. That's the thing though. They don't sell the original version anymore. You could only oh, get the really? director's oh, okay. cut now. So that was some of the complaints. It's like, give me the option. I, I like the old structure. I like the fact that the I can play a small human revolution style experience and complete story in like uh, six hours and 
build up a new character with new and and actually have you know a quick boss fight. It was like the sort of it was sort of like the Blood Dragon or like a Minerva's Den to the larger whole. If you remember Minerva's Den in Bio and uh, Bioshock Two or Blood Dragon to Far Cry Three, but. I don't know. I, then again, the definitive edition of uh, of Sleeping Dogs. It just seems like, hey, if you can give me the the Bruce Lee DLC, the Treehouse of Horror DLC, and the and the Jackie Chan Super Cop DLC, go for it. What is the Jackie Chan Super Cop DLC called? Um, that's the one with the New Year's. Like, there's like a New Year's uh, like Way's been demoted. <laughs> severely demoted to like a traffic cop because of all the mm. stupid things he did and now he, he there's like some terrorist attack from some from, from some new year's cult and he has to stop him okay and there's also they also included the supercar like there's like this, some chinese scientist made some supercar and he has to steal it and a tar- I, car talks and has guns i really feel like i should get back into sleeping dogs actually i should I play never this fin- game i never i never actually finished it this description, Manny, you're giving is like one of those Saints Row 3 descriptions. Like, oh, yeah, what do you mean you that... go to the moon? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even the good stuff. That's not even the good stuff. Like some of the better stuff is like like the when you start dating a bunch of women and you start like – start dating a white woman because she's like – she's your symbol. She's your trophy symbol. Dating like, a yeah, white I... woman? I'm in. No, no. It's very – if you play this, you'll see exactly what I mean. The people who okay. play this know what I'm talking about. And it's like – and this woman's not what she seems, but you didn't care at the time because she because she's she white. Good... Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you never read that. I was just saying, there's lots of stuff, or like the, the fact that you, that you're you start, you start you start trailing a woman because that you're dating because you think she's cheating on you, and then she confronts you like, "Hey, man, what about you? What have you been doing this whole time? Screw you!" It's, it's nice. There's a lot of nuances there. It's okay. a fun game. It does fun sound game. does sound pretty cool. Well, I mean, I, sh- I kind of feel like I should finish it at least. I-, I say this though. I think one of the great things I love about open world games, especially ones that are based on real places, is that can, if, if they do a good job, they can give you a flavor of an entire city, an entire culture that you normally wouldn't get otherwise. And if you like can do how, that. You mean a bit like how Grand Theft Auto V is a good representation of the US? It actually is. I'm not even. Yeah, guessing. I know. I'm, I'm being kind of. I know I'm being semi facetious, but I'm like, yeah. Let's be honest. It's a comic like exaggeration of what America's um, like. I, I re- speaking of those Imager uh, albums, I remember some guy who, in the, like the Los Angeles Reddit forums actually did a comparison of all the landmarks that they uh, that they replicated in the game, and these maybe like changed the name on. It was like 300 images, and if you actually look, compare side by side, they're pretty much identical. I mean, like all of the major landmarks they. they they are so good at what they captured, sort of just condensing it into like a block that I really recognize. Like, oh, I recognize that store. I've been there before. Oh, I know that block. I've been to that block. The kind of things where if you've never been to the city, you just think it's all like this, this random buildings placed everywhere. But they really did capture like the feeling of an entire neighborhood and like two little mi- – and two streets and like and, – and a corner. And it's like, oh, that's Westwood. That's totally Westwood. Oh, I know that place on Santa Monica. I've eaten there before. Oh, man. He always repping an L.A. Job. Hmm? Always repping L.A. I'm saying, though, apparently the guys from who did uh, Sleeping Dogs did a pretty good job with Hong Kong where they sort of captured okay. the feel of Hong Kong in like a really condensed area. So it may not be like one-to-one, but well, if you're you – Let get me a, put it to you this way, Manny. Akiba Strip apparently does a really good job of capturing the Akiba Strip over in Japan. That doesn't mean you want to play the game. 
But 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 imagine if Akiba Strip was actually a fun and engaging game yes. with a good story and good gameplay, and you get to learn a little bit about Japan and an actual Akihabara. That's that not the great. world we live in, though. No, but you can learn about Los Angeles. And you can learn about Hong Kong. Got <laughs> I ain't it. complain. All right, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I should play Yakuza if I want to know about Japan, right? Uh, I think they did a pretty good amalgamation of of uh, Kabukicho. Kabuki Cho. And Osaka. And Osaka. Okay. And uh, Yakuza 2. Cool. What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's not perfect, but I like walking around the city in, in like Osaka, I definitely got a different feel for in, in, Yaku, in Yakuza 2. I definitely got a different feel in, in Osaka than I did for uh, – what was their fake one? Kamurocho? I don't know what it was. But it was pretty good. It was pretty good. And they even had that giant crab in the Sega, the Sega arcade store. Went into a few bars and hung out. That was pretty good. Pretty good. I like a game that could actually let me get me. A f- That's the thing, though. I never really used games as escapism, but I always use them as like a part of like a larger learning experience. So maybe if I was, was like a part part of a larger whole, like if I'm learning about an area or a culture or a time frame in history, games were just one more facet for me to learn about that. And so I've always really appreciated a game that sort of captured a city or a country or a culture in real depth and accuracy. So I guess that's why I'm drawn to like a lot of open world games. It just gives me a chance to explore these areas. Well, well look about, at that conversation about video games and stuff. I know. How about you? Yeah. We got complaints about talking about clothing last year. Last hey, week. hey, you have to remember Twitch is a special occasion. At that point, those, we've, everyone has been playing games for hours on end. We need a break to not talk about games. So why don't you tell us what you learned this week from your video gaming experience. Oh, no. I need a break, yo. My tea's getting cold. Oh. All right. <laughs> Alice, how about you? Uh, okay. So um, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen patch 2.4 came out this week. All right. Top three moments since you've installed the patch. What do you mean by top three? What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know. How many interesting things have happened with the patch, with the new content? I'm looking for I like, haven't your top done any of I haven't really done any of it yet. <laughs> for you, the top moment was clicking play. <laughs> uh, well, there is still swarms of ninjas around. So you've done nothing that was added from the patch. Except level ninja. Except leveling ninja. Because it's a new job. Because it's the new class. Well, that's a and... highlight. Come on. Tell okay, me about ninja. Okay, fine. Okay, so um, to patch 2.4 adds um, the rogue class and the ninja job that builds out of it. Okay. Um, uh, rogue itself, um, uh, fairly straightforward uh, damage dealer type using, that uses dexterity, uh, pretty much related to... Um, it kind of feels very similar to Monk and Dragoon, but without the positional requirements, or without the, uh, the Monk's weird rotation pattern. Um, and yeah, rogue is is straightforward. It does have a um, like a um, stealth. There is a stealth like ambush mechanic, um, but there is no vanish equivalent for those of you familiar with rogues from World of Warcraft. So at the moment, there is no uh, way of reengaging your hide while in the middle of combat. At least from what I can tell, I may be missing something there. Anyone who's better at the game, please tell me otherwise. Um, but yeah, um, now. When you get to level 30 and unlock Ninja, that's when the class really starts to get interesting. Um, so in addition to um, your basic damage combos, which again are, meant, are fairly similar to Dragoons, um, you gain access to Ninjutsu. 
Now, the way they've done this is you get access... To, there are four abilities in total. Um, you get two at level 30, uh, one at level 35, and one at level 45. And you basically cast spells using this ninjutsu ability by queuing up between one and three um, hand gesture abilities. Following me? Yeah. Um, which is actually pretty cool. So you have it to make hand signs? Yeah, so I have there. I, at Horse, the moment, dog, I'm up, cow, chicken, something, something, sharing gun, right? <laughs> oh, man. No? Um, well, there's been a lot of Naruto references okay. floating around in chat. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, well, so basically, um, the first one that you get is, um, uh, what is it again? Uh, ten, which is the, ability, the hand gesture for heaven. Um if you use that or use any one of the other gestures, just that one, then cast an injutsu ability, all you do is you just throw an overlarge shuriken at people. Yeah, okay. Not Why don't special. they just call it Yuffie? <laughs> um, when you actually, you unlock the second hand signal at, uh, hand gesture at level 35, uh, so you get Chi, which is Earth. Um, that allows you to, you can either cast 10, then Chi, and that gives you a lightning spell, or do them the other way around, that gives you an area of effect fire spell. And then at level 45, you get the third one, which then allows you to queue up, like, three of them in a row, and allows you to cast even more spells with them, including an attack speed buff, more area of effect damage, uh, uh, some other nice stuff. I haven't actually looked into it that much. Um... So yeah, it's an in- interesting mechanic. I'm I'm not really quite sure what it's how it kind of uh, fares against the other damage dealers of the game. Uh, the only other dexterity user at the moment would be Bard, and I kind of don't really play Archer slash Bard in Final Fantasy XIV. Okay. So um, yeah, I I then again I never did much um, end game content beyond getting my relic weapons. So um, yeah. Uh, I haven't done any of the storyline yet, so I have not got experience with the Shiva fight and stuff like that. What about Hildebrand or whatever? Oh, he's back. Oh, yeah, because his questline adds a fight against Ultros and... Ooh, yes. Yeah. yeah, I haven't done that yet. Well, report back when you have. Yeah, I'll, I will definitely update you. I don't know why we have there you is on a, There is an Ultros mini-pet I think you can get. Which is a rare drop from from that fight. Okay, I need to go log into Final Fantasy fourteen now. Bye, <laughs> Chris. You, uh, do you even play fourteen? I have a character. What level is it? Lower than yours. Probably. It's like but... thirty five or something. Okay, all of Hildebrand stuff is level fifty and above. You well, say. Well, I know, I know, I need to level up first, but I like doing that in that game. I just. Haven't had a good reason, and there's a WoW expansion about like three weeks away or whatever. And th- th- yeah, that's hard. one of the, my life one is of reasons, hard. Quinn. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing the ninja leveling now is because uh, because it's new and shiny. It means there are a lot of leveling groups around there, <laughs> most of which are filled entirely with ninjas. You know, you've got or, entire teams of ninjas descending on entire areas of the game and killing everything. Are they everything taking on missions and like? Oh, uh, they're mostly fake. Is there a medical but... ninja and a main ninja and a Jonin ninja? Well, there was. A, I did see a post. I did see a post on Reddit that a team of four ninjas had cleared the early three dungeons by cross-classing some. Oh, sorry, three rogues had, had uh, cleared like the early dungeons by cross-classing cure. And then using the stealth mechanic to bypass most of the uh, trash on the way to the bosses. Oh, I like the sound of that. 
So. But that doesn't help me because I would be leveling my other job because I don't want to be a ninja. Well, but, I mean, there's nothing stopping you from joining the the fake groups that are currently in place as another one. It's just that most of them are filled with ninjas. I mean, this is a, if you've got a, if you want to level a healer or something, this no, is a really no. really good. I time like to leveling do it. short people with really large weapons. Ah, so, so what? Yeah, like a lancer. Oh right. As a as a taro or whatever. That the sounds like a now. very specific fetish. Isn't it weird? But I short like people that. with very large weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like miniature tanks and and short people with large weapons. I didn't actually do this. I haven't successfully done this in a game. But whenever it, I've it, seen it, I've always thought like that's what I want to do next time. And um, now like fourteen was going to be my next time, and I never finished it. It it is is also a very very good time to um, it is also a very good time to level a tank. Basically, any healer or tank because the the queues are well, filled with DPS. My, my problem with that is that I'm not good at tanking, and it requires attention and stuff. <laughs> Poor Chris, you got ninety nine problems with Final Fantasy fourteen. What classes are tanks before you get real classes? Uh, the classes are Marauder, which becomes Warrior, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Gladiator, which becomes Paladin. Okay. And then, as of the expansion next spring, there will also be Dark Knight as well. Yeah, I'm probably leveling one of those. Ugh. All right, I'll have to learn how to tank. Yeah, you might have to learn how to tank. Sorry, Chris. Them's the brakes. L2 tank. So, um, as to the other thing I played this week, um, I bought a second-hand Wii U off a friend of mine at work, and I have played and subsequently finished Bayonetta 2. Ooh. Is that a... Okay. Compare to Bayonetta 1 for us. Better. Better? Yep. That's not what I've been hearing over at the Giant Bomb folks, so... Well... What? Pers- What's his name? Some people love it, some people don't. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I personally prefer it. Okay. Cool. Um, That's I awesome. Sh- um, I think the set pieces are a lot better. The combat's a lot better. I think it fixes a lot of the problems that the original game had. Not that the original game actually had a lot of problems in the first place. Um, yeah. No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to playing through on harder difficulties. So I that's one of those really- games you replay, huh? Yeah. Well, I replayed the original quite a bit. Okay. Mostly so I could do like get all the unlocks. The only thing I never did was fought the bon- fight the bonus boss. Really? Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I I really enjoyed it. Uh, the story is still goofy as fuck. Uh, sorry for the swear, but <laughs> yeah, it. I, I don't really want to talk about the story that much because it's kind of one of those things that it really has should a be flying squirrel. It does. It does have a flying squirrel in it, and there is a blooming good reason for it. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of things in it, um, like a Star Fox costume. Beautiful. In fact, there are a number of Nintendo costumes. I have now, no, I, I have no idea how Nintendo okayed this. Did you? Um, yours. It comes with a copy of Bayonetta One, right? Yep, I've got that copy. Did you play through that? No, I haven't played through it. I'm yet. trying to figure out if it's like a better version of Bayonetta One or not. Well, it's going to be better than the version I have because we all know that the PlayStation 3 port of Bayonetta was terrible. Oh, okay. So I have an Xbox copy, and I'm trying to figure out if I should pop that open soon or wait and just... Well, if you're going to play Bayonetta 2, uh, are you going to buy the version that has Bayonetta 1 coming with it? Isn't that every version? No, it's not. Oh, how does that work? It's actually... actually, My one is labeled as a special edition. Oh, I have to pay extra for it. 
Yeah, I, I think my one was, I think... I think I won't get around to Bayonetta for a while, so I should buy Bayonetta 2 when it's on sale. So yeah, that would solve there. the question for me. Thank you. That's Yeah, I think that's general and good advice you, for and people if you've like got us. The three, if you've got the 360 version, then you have the better version of the original. I don't know okay. about the, compared to the Wii U, but compared to the PS3 version, which is the one I played, then you have the better version. I was just wondering if there was something really compelling about the Wii U version. I doubted it, but... Well, right. uh, the Wii U version does have a few additions to it, like the, the previously mentioned Nintendo costumes. In, in Bayonetta 1 in Bayonetta as well? In Bayonetta 1 as well, oh. yeah. Um, I think that the, the Nintendo references include things like there's a Link costume, uh, which replaces... Um, now, because in Bayonetta 2, the weapon that the Master Sword represents is... Because I think in Bayonetta 1, it's, um, Bayonetta has a um, single... Uh, katana weapon, the Shuruba in Bayonetta 1. Uh, that doesn't exist in Bayonetta 2. They've replaced it with a different weapon. Um, but I think that if you equip the Link costume, you get that weapon back in Bayonetta 2. Okay. Uh, whereas in Bayonetta 1, it's just like a replacement, like a, almost like a kind of cosmetic replacement. Uh, there is also a Princess Peach costume. Um, and there is also a Star Fox costume that replaces your... Uh, the pistols with uh, what appear to be Arwing themed pistols. That works. Yeah, and also no, it does something. It, <laughs> no, no, no. It uh, there's a very um, there's a section much, much, much later in Bayonetta two that changes completely if you're wearing that costume. Oh, that's awesome. You've probably you may have heard of that one. Actually. No, I haven't. It's but that really good cool. Easter egg. I mean, the first game you have like Space Harrier, so if they have like there is, Star Fox there is, stuff in the second one, that's pretty awesome. You've, you've pretty much got it. Yeah, they they have a Space Harrier esque sequence in the second game as well. But if you're wearing the Star Fox costume, it replaces the entire thing with um, Star Fox sixty four. Yeah, I'll take that. Oh wait, I don't like Star Fox sixty four, but I'll take it anyway. Well, that's that, that's kind of what it looks, what kind of feels like, because it's got the lock on mechanics. I know from, it's not going to play like that. Yeah, right. but it's got the lock. It's got like the lock-on mechanic from Star Fox '64, and but yeah, um, right. yeah. So the, I I still have well, no th- idea. Thanks a lot, Quinn. Now I've got to go play 14 and a lot of Bayonetta. I just I, I didn't have, have no enough idea. to do. I just have no idea how Nintendo okayed this. What what is what is not? You know okay why about they okayed it? it? Because they're desperate. And no one's <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's true. Hey hey, I I have a st- I saw a story that like sales are way up for Wii U's. Um, yeah, but, and like but relative to what? To, to no one's to, to zero, they went to ten. Oh, and um, there is also a cha- uh, a chain chomp weapon as well. All right, hold on, I will read you the story right now since it's relevant. Um, Super Smash Bros. So in May there was a four hundred fifty-six million dollar operating loss, right? Uh, Today Iwata showed a chart that compares Wii U sales to consumers in Europe. Japan and the U.S. from April to September in 2013 and 2014. Hardware uh-huh. sales increased just over 100% in Japan, 175% in the U.S., and 200% in Europe. So compared to last year. Yeah, that sounds great, though, but how much did they sell last year? Um, half as much. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like all of this, all of these numbers, they matter because if you're talking about like, yeah, if you're I mean, talking about Sony software, versus Apple versus, you know what I mean? Yeah, and software is up 200% across the board. So well, that could be great. Like that could be amazing if they sold like two million pieces of software. Well, we knew they sold less than they million. want to last year, so maybe they're on target for last year this year. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? I, I like I, I never trust those hey, kind of percentages. And you I know what did know. it too, right? Hmm. Mario Kart Eight. 
Actually, got a Mario I, Kart. I am in, I am intending on buying a copy of Mario Kart Eight because David has, an expre- has expressed an interest in playing it. Uh, yeah, because he's sane. And also, um, with since I now wait, have wait, a wait, 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 only sane people. Wait, if somehow if you don't have an interest in playing Mario Kart, you're insane. And you're a Wii U owner. I mean, what do you what do you have a co- console for if you don't want to play Mario Kart on your Wii U? Um, okay, if well, you have I should Wii. probably point out that I still consider Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed a better mascot racer, but... Well, you haven't played Mario Kart 8 yet. I've played it. Oh, all right. Then fine. All right, I will say I am not interested in playing Mario Kart, but I also don't have a Wii U. I have a Wii um, U, and Mario Kart I'm, 8 is I, actually rather good. <laughs> um, I, uh, David has also expressed an interest in playing the new Smash Brothers as well. What do so you I'm think, Anna? Gonna, I'm probably going to get that. Huh? Yeah, Anna's like, oh... You're talking to me. Uh, what about uh, Mario Kart 8? Um, I'm apparently insane. You don't like it? It isn't that I don't like it. I just don't have any interest in playing it. Yeah, that's this weird thing among gamers now that... But, uh, I think Jeff did a good job talking about Jeff Gersman from Giant Paul talking about it at PAX. Where it's like, Fine. you know, I'm just, I'm just not that interested in Nintendo games right now. People are like, What? How dare you not want to play the new Mario? Uh, Mario to be brutally honest, I'm actually quite surprised um, that uh, there are enough games on the Wii U that I actually thought it worth it to buy a, a second-hand Wii U. I didn't think that would actually happen, but it did. I have a launch day unit! Pity me! Nah. Ah. You did that to yourself, bro. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. At least I waited. I also have a copy. I also have copies of uh, Wind Waker HD and um, Super Mario 3D Worlds because um, they came with. You got a lot of good gaming to get to. Yep. Oh, it's interesting, man. I, like the only thing that I could maybe be interested in is the new Zelda game. But even then, I don't think I would buy a new piece of hardware. It's not even that it's like so expensive. It's just another thing to hook up to the TV that I would only use for one device. I mean, for one game. That just seems ridiculous. So, uh, yeah. Oh, gush about Star Citizen later. Wait, Because I haven't really played it, but oh, okay. it, it comes under miscellaneous news. All right. Sounds miscellaneous good. news. Right. Under non-RPG related. <laughs> so, so, we'll do I'll, that. We'll I'll, do take that you through what I've, I'll take you through what I've played. Um, a lot of games during Extra Life and some casual games throughout the week. And oh, oh, can you give me a quick report? How did you guys do with Extra Life? Like, like what was the, the final hours like? When did you guys poop out? Um, Anna hung it up at two in the morning. Yeah. So when Chris went to sleep, um, I made sure he left stuff up and then I, um, kept going the next morning at noon. Anna's extra life game of the year was King's Bounty Darkseid. Yep. I'm sorry how much it dominated our stream if you didn't care about that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, due to our Elgato failing, basically whatever anyone was interested in playing on PC is what got streamed and, uh, that was the... That was the winner this year. <laughs> oh, you and I played uh, some Gears of War. Was that your first time playing Gears of War? Yeah, and it was fantastic. I want to play more. We um, totally should. We totally should. We played some Civ Revolution, which was also great until um, something happened and the game dropped. But I forget how that happened. Oh, my thing messed up. Like, the, the view changed and I couldn't fix it. Well, but so you it was finally like directly... got it back. Yeah, but, but I, by then, I... like. So many cities have moved in around me that I couldn't <laughs> see. <laughs> like, I got surrounded really quickly. I'm like, oh, there's a city there? What? 
How is there a city disconnected there? you? you at least that's I had to leave said. anyway. All right. So it was all right. All right. So, yeah, Civ Rev was also awesome, and I wanted to play more of that, but that's because it's a Civ game. Um, I played a, three and a half hours of Speedrunners. What is Speedrunners? Actually, I played about two and a half hours of Speedrunners. I had about an hour of pockets in there where I was falling asleep. And so everyone was just playing without me. Uh, Speedrunners is a game on the PC. It's an indie game where you kind of run around these environments, and it's a little, it's uh, short, quick bite gaming where you uh, um, you race against three other people, and you've got a grappling hook, and it's all around getting around these stages as quick as possible. And as soon as you're done, it starts you up with another one, and then first person to three wins wins the round, and then uh, you go again. <coughs> it's really fun and it's really inexpensive. Um, so Noodle was playing, um, Ed was playing, and Power Lord from my chat room was playing, and it was really cool. Um, I highly recommend Speedrunners, and it is really fun to play with all, multiple people, and it works fine over the internets. So Speedrunners, awesome. And uh, let's see. Oh, I played a bunch of Rogue Legacy too, um, and I'm not, I'm not good at that game. But Who is? I, I don't know, but I... You keep I'm, dying until you die less, right? That's basically right, yeah. And I, you know, I, I got some progress, but I still haven't beaten the first boss, but I'm kind of more into it now, so hopefully I can start making some progress this week. So that's one of the ones I came back to. Um, and let's see. Eh, I think that's all that matters. Played some Spelunky and Peggle 2 last night on my PS4 because I couldn't sleep. Um, have you been gaming on your new uh I just want to check in have you been gaming on your new Apple devices? I have actually my uh iPad Air 2. And so what do you think after a week of actual like real gaming with it? Um I've been really dissatisfied with the amount of real games on the iPad. Um I recommend this to everybody pockettactics.com is one of the few sites that focuses on on mobile, mainly tablet gaming, to be honest, for people like us who have grown up with gaming and are hardcore gamers. Yeah. Much more so than like a touch arcade, which will really, you know what I mean? Like the big games will get five stars mainly because it's just visually impressive or something rather than this is a deep, this is a deep strategy layer and it's well thought out. Oh, so I recommend that. Let's see. Um, right now they've got a, oh, 999 the novels on iOS for a dollar. Wait, See, so that's what I'm saying. Like, they actually, the, the guys who run oh, that are old it's school. It's 999 without any of the puzzles. <laughs> yeah, it's just a visual novel, but, which is fine. Japan the biggest visuals. impact in that game is the last, ah, oh, whatever. Whatever. All right, fine. I don't know that I agree with that, but that's fine. That's fine. It's there, and you'll enjoy it because it's a good story. <sighs> Icewind Dale is on Android already. Cool. Yeah, so that's what I've been looking at is like basically these big old ports to try and find something worth playing. Um, Aren't you playing uh, Knights of the Old Republic? I installed it, and I'm basically at the point where I just need to click play and start getting into it. Because, right, yeah, right. that's what I need on there. I'm looking for a good, beefy game, and it's like that. And I tried to put it on Class of Heroes um, from Ubisoft, you know, that uh, puzzle game that was real big on the DS and has been ported to, I think, everything since then. Um the problem is it doesn't look good on the retina screens. They haven't updated the port in a while, and it kind of shows, which is really disappointing. So I might wait and play that on a console instead. Um, good game, though. Yeah, mobile stuff is a bit ephemeral. Yeah. That's, which is fine. So that's are really we. really sad, yeah. 
Well, so are we. All right. Fine. No, it's true. I mean, I, I, when I was younger, I used to think, I need this game to last forever. And over time, I realized, I, I'm not going to last forever. Why do I need this game to last forever? Like, I'm even going to really care in five years, let alone 30. Hmm. I'm okay with the cycle of life. It's the cycle of life. And you've been liking your your larger phone. Are you happier with it? Yeah, I'm 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 used to it now. Uh, it took Do you a wish long you would have gotten time. the even bigger one? No. 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 Forget that bigger one. That doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. All right. Um, cool. cool. <laughs> oh, so is the iPad Air nicer to hold for longer periods of time while you're gaming? Is what? The iPad Air two nicer to hold over uh, longer? Not period? not. It's not noticeably different from the iPad Air one. For you. At all, it's I like a, a point some, zero four. A people, I hear it's, it's point zero four pounds lighter, and it, it is like, every 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 ounce makes a difference. Yeah. Every, all of it when you're holding something for long periods of time. I can't, it, it's it's still too heavy since it's almost a pound for me to hold while playing. My hands are just so you rest it most of the time that. anyway. Yes, that's right. correct. And cool. since the iPad Air resting, it has been super comfortable. So. We need to play Monster Hunter again. We we had fun with that indeed. Yes. Oh, did you wait? 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 Does that? Did you lose all of your Monster Hunter data? No. Did I? I shouldn't have. Oh, you just did a restore. Yeah. Okay. I haven't lost any of my other save data. Oh, it's because I never do a restore. I always start as a as a new device. Oh. Okay. It's because when you restore stuff, uh, sometimes a lot of a lot of old bits of code and problems can start over. So I like starting fresh, and I, it's a good way for me to purge stuff that's just been sitting there for too long. So I didn't want to take out one of those third-party apps and drag out my save data for Monster Hunter and then drag it back into another thing. So I'm going to be starting fresh. Hmm. Mm. It's okay, no, man. I'm, You're yeah, I'm sitting here looking through Pocket Tactics thinking, I should try that. Yeah, I should try that. Yeah, oh, that's, that's what I recommend. That I like, about. Yeah, I should do that. Oh, yeah, that looks good. I should try that. Like a lot of games that go under people's radar, get they get a lo- gets a lot of play here. Like one of the most ex- games I'm most excited for is uh, in the next year is called Atlantic Fleet, which is like the small development team. One of the guys has like a PhD in history, and they're so dedicated to getting accuracy and realism in this sort of this crazy naval combat games taking place during World War II in the Atlantic Fleet. They have great reproductions of all of these different various ship classes from both the Germans and the um, the British and the Australians. Like just all really really well detailed some cool strategy stuff cool historical battles the kind of like and a lot of the games that are on pocket tactics because it's a a more hardcore games a lot of those games they they don't rely on in-app purchases or they want to nickel and dime you they usually like here's our game here's the full thing one price but yeah atlantic fleet if you guys are interested check that out on facebook or at their website killer fish games it's actually, it actually sounds really cool. <laughs> Looking forward to that one. Hey, do you remember Gollum Arcana? Yeah, the by the Hairbane Scream guy. It's Hairbane. out. Is it? Yeah. Can I buy that in stores? And you can buy it on their website. So it's uh, it's eighty dollars. <laughs> it, it's a miniatures game, but it also used a tablet and a yeah. pen to, yeah. to sort of keep track yes. of everything, right? Uh huh. Did you kickstart that? That's all I know. No, I did not. All right. It, it was looking really creepy um, originally, so. I was like, this could go many different ways, so I'm going to wait until it comes out. And now it's out, and I haven't heard anybody talking about it. So I just met, saw that it was mentioned on Pocket Tactics, and I'm wondering, has anyone yeah. played Gollum Arcana? It's a very hardcore site. That's what I meant by that. But like, yeah, uh, 
I think that's more of like a Scott Walker saving throw type of game. Do you know? Mm-hmm. It's very much a tabletop miniatures RPG. So who knows? I mean, it sounds interesting though. I know I'm still waiting for the Witcher board game to come out. They said that should have been out already. Hmm. And actually, I'm really disappointed. Their God Galaxy service should have been out months ago. Hey, you know what's on iPad now? Uh, and we should organize a game night for it. Talisman. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's an old school bo- board game that's like really fun. It's like, uh, you, know, you know, it's it's D and D style um, setting, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you play people and you go around trying to beat monsters and get equipment and win the game and stuff. So. What is this Atlantic Fleet you were talking about? All right. Atlantic Fleet. And they have a Facebook page. Yeah. Based on the best-selling Pacific Fleet. <laughs> yeah, it did really well. It looks good. It's is like it a out? bigger style of the game. No, oh, it's going to coming, coming soon. Okay, yeah. yeah. Should I play Pacific Fleet? No, no, you just go straight to Atlantic. But it's the, that one's out. Yeah, but it's, it's smaller scales, like Wait, their first game. Why do game. I want to play a World War II game? Why wouldn't you? I don't know. As a gamer, I'm kind of like opposed. Oh to yeah, because you played concept. so many naval combat games taking place in the Atlantic Theater. Because there's so many of those. Shut up. There are none <laughs> of those. Because you have a point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sick of sinking the Bismarck. How many times do I need to sink the Bismarck level? Oh, so what oh, have you been I hate sinking these wolf this pack week? Tactics when I'm in my U-boat. What oh. have you been sinking this week, Manny? Oh no! I yeah, talk. you have to talk. Uh, I want to go. I'll You've be been back. talking. Stop! You can't just keep I, getting my out of it. It's cold, and I have to talk for like an hour now, and I don't want to. Well, you're gonna have to do it anyway. I'll do it eventually. Come back to me. <laughs> All right, Anna. Do you have anything to delay Manny's responsibilities? Um, I played more in Persona Three Portable, and I played King's Bounty. The dark side, which is really fun, because you get to play King's Bounty as bad guys and do bad things. So I've kidnapped princes and enslaved queens and made people who are good think they were evil and teleported them to the void. And yes, I am sowing dissension and darkness everywhere I go. I even turned one guy into an into a newspaper um, stand, and now he prints news for me. I honestly thought you were going to say Newt there. <laughs> that would have made the whole Turned thing into a Newt. He got better. <laughs> so he now publishes all the bad news that I want. It's fantastic. You turn him into a newspaper stand? Yeah. So he's an innkeeper, but what? But he's an inveterate gossip. So when you meet him, he's like, the thing that I've always really wanted to do is just turn my hobby into a profession and I'm like no problem I'll set you up it's a newsie and you'll just have to write the news stories I tell you about and he's like deal so, okay I'm back hi so and the I've reason why I'm been... stalling is because um, in case you guys didn't know I was in San Francisco on Monday Uh oh. and I spent like more than five hours playing Dragon Age Inquisition Oh! oh! No, I, I can't. Right. I don't know how the embargo. I think it's on Monday. Well, we don't care people, about the embargo. But they, I know you can give out Twitter impressions. Nothing too heavy or reviewy. 
So I figure if I could do it on Twitter, I could do it here. But guess what? They don't listen to this show. No one listens to this show. <laughs> you can talk all you want. <laughs> um, I'm a little tired though. I don't want. I don't feel like monologuing about it. But you can ask me some stuff though. Will you start telling us what you did? No, I'm, mono- I'm not. I don't feel like monologuing. Just ask me questions. Let's do this. Let's have a back and forth. What I know how this do? kind of stuff goes where I, I talk for like an hour. How did it play compared to the previous games? Um, hmm, uh, I would say like a mix between Dragon Age 1 and Dragon Age 2. So if I played a, a Kunari, the newer race, a Kunari Sword and Shield warrior. It's the kind of thing where you, just like you expect one trigger slip switches you between your four face button attacks plus a right bumper attack with another set and you're the right trigger you hold that down to attack so that kind of thing so i'd walk into i'd run to a fight hold down the right trigger to to just attack with my sword occasionally use a face button attack to unleash a special ability on a cooldown that kind of thing and you can use the up and down on the d-pad to switch between your characters like instantaneously and then or you can, I think it was a hit the left bumper, hit the left bumper to go into an overhead pause tactical mode where you can maybe move your people around, give you the mortars, or you could even advance time slowly in real time that way by holding down the right trigger. So if, say, you wanted someone to, it seems like you could pretty much play in a top, top down overhead view completely during fights, just Go in that mode, hold down right trigger to advance combat, move this guy there, move this guy here, tell him what to do, advance time, advance time, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that game is um, – it, it's, it's hard to get your head around it, I would say. Why do you say that? Because it's like a 150-hour like game. Five hours isn't really enough time to – by that mm-hmm. time, I was barely getting an idea – like just – Barely trying to wrap my head around what this game is or how to play it or how to play my character or the stuff that I want to be doing by the time I was ready to leave. You know, a game like that doesn't show you all of its cards up front. Hmm. Okay. So it's like a weird thing. Like they gave, they gave me enough time to get an impression but not enough time to, to really form a solid opinion. I mean most of what I can say is I don't know. I don't know how this will pan out. All right. So you didn't get any sense of like hunting species out of an area and stuff like that then? Oh, definitely not. Uh, yeah. Definitely not. What I will say this is that – let me get my little notebook. Hold on. I wrote a lot of notes. Did you interact – okay. Okay. Um, so did you interact with a lot of characters from the previous games? Like literally like when the first person you meet is like Liliana – and then I saw Anders like five seconds. That game doesn't waste any time. In a weird way, I kind of respect it that it doesn't waste any time going, going, taking you from nobody prisoner to here you go, lead this Inquisition. <laughs> I was like less than, less than 40 minutes and I'm already like in charge of this whole thing. It's kind of ridiculous. That works. I, I will say though that this game in a lot of ways, I would say, well, of course you can read more. I, I, like there's going to be a full preview on Monday, and there's also going to be an audio interview I recorded, like a 10-minute audio interview with, uh, I think, the lead. I don't remember his name. So it's on the recording. Um, so those two things will go up on Monday. That's when most of these will go up. Um, 
if you follow Brad Galloway from Game Critics, he had a lot of tweets about it. Yeah, he had tweets about meeting you and thinking you were a stand-up guy. It's because I, I think we were helping each other form our opinions on that while we were waiting for our plane to arrive. Because we, as we talked about it, I would like talk about things that I thought about or problems I might have had. And it helped him sort of focus on like, wait a minute, I didn't really like this at all. <laughs> he did not enjoy it in the least. Ooh. I can see why. I can definitely see why. And it sort of feels like Mass Effect slash Mass Effect 3 slash Galactic Readiness the oh, fantasy version? No, 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 no. No, that's not good. No? No, no. No, Galactic Readiness was awful, in my opinion. That's, that's kind of like everything, though, and that's what it feels like. What do you mean? Well, so, it, I'll use the Mass Effect analogy sort of to describe it quickly, is that, so each zone, so you, you go from your main base, your keep slash haven, I guess haven eventually turns into your keep that you can build up, but you go from there into this big world map, and this this map is huge, and you have two sides. You have the Orle, which is like fake France, and the Ferelden, which is the fake British side. You know, And each one of those things has a zone. And so you drop into a zone, and these zones are fairly large and sort of self-contained, and there's a bunch of quests that you sort of stumble upon as you go through these zones. So, so for example, say I, my, my, my army needs horses. So I'll run across this entire zone, unlocking, like, revealing the map as I say, okay, I need to do some quests for this guy to get horses for the army, for my Inquisition, because we need the Inquisitions to fight back this, uh, these demon hordes that are coming through these portal rifts. And as I do that, I'll stumble across a note on the floor, and the note will say – or like a dead body, and there will be a note on dead body. So I'll follow that to – I'll follow this quest line as I'm going to the other quest line, and I'll stumble across a fight, and then I'll fight. And I'm like, you completed the quest. One PowerPoint. And then you go on to the next one, and as I'm walking by, someone will say, shh, there are bandits over there. They're special bandits. You have to watch out. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a good little side quest. It's going to deal with some like special mercenary bandits who are who are posing as bandits trying to scare people away. But then I'll walk up this path and I'll it'll be like a, a quick two minute fight and I'll kill them and then I'll read a little note that says we were actually mercenaries hired to be and great and I got another PowerPoint. I'll get to what the powerpoints are for. Okay, then I'll go to the horses and be like, help me with my horses by building watchtowers. And so I would go to these places and I'd put down a marker. Another PowerPoint. So uh, now only I finally have enough PowerPoints that I can leave the zone, and then I can unlock a new area using my PowerPoints and go into that new zone and then do a new series. Of, it's, Manny, it, is any of this stuff fun? I don't know. I, I, I and it's not a cop-out answer. It's like I legitimately don't know whether. I don't know how engaged I was in. Because it wasn't my character. I mean, not looking at the overall goal of gaining PowerPoints, just the individual things you're doing is trying. I would say that most of the side quests in that zone felt frivolous, completely frivolous. Okay. They they didn't feel like – it felt like it was trying to have its cake and eat it too. By, it was trying to be Skyrim but also be Dragon Age at the same time. So instead of being a nice way of getting – having you interact with the game systems more to have more fun they just are they becoming tedious would you say that's the thing though it's like this game very much so is engage with it on your level in every respect of the, in every 
in every way and respect. This is the, this game's mantra. Everything about this game says, engage with this as much as you want or as little as you want. I mean, it is from the story. Like one of the things that everyone loved about the original Dragon Age was interacting with your party, like Liana, and, the, and like yeah. development relationship with them. But unless you remember to regularly go back to your to your hub city. Which is basically the Normandy. That's what I'm saying. This is Mass Effect, but fantasy Mass Effect. All of these zones feel like individual planets. And okay, you're, okay, and you're okay. Doing... Are there loyalty missions? I, probably, but not. I don't. I wouldn't know. It's mm. like five hours. You're just getting into it. Mm. But I, I get the feeling like these all felt like disparate planets, and I'm going down to this planet, and I'm doing stuff to unlock the next planet. And then I fly back to the – go back to the Normandy, talk to my people. That's the thing though is that you have to rem- – like the story seems so light just going through the main stuff I had to do and even in the zone that most of the story and the stuff like is me going back to Haven and then interacting with Leon. And then she tells me how she, her faith is waning and, and, and just tell me about how I should feel and having conversations back and forth. But it really is. I need to go back and engage with it. It's there if I want it, but I need to go back. Two Haven Gamers. And a lot of those side quests, I could do them or I could not do them. I have to do like a minimum of them, a minimum to unlock the next zone or unlock the next story quest. So I, when I talked to the guy during the interview, like he said, like, if I if you do everything, a lot of the content, if I spend if I spend like all of my time in that zone, like in a weird way, I think the, the common thing I, I when I was talking to Phil Kohler from Polygon and Andrea Renee, I think from Machinima, I think one of the one of the words that got tossed around was overwhelming. It's just the amount of content that was there. And I guess depending on who – that's the thing though. It's I mean depending on who you are and how much you want to engage with well, that overwhelming could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. Is it thing. meant for you to all do it once or are you supposed to do some and then you'll be back here for other reasons? You do some more. Uh, from the impression I got, it's, it's – I, I – If you want to max out your PowerPoints as soon as you get in a zone, do all the content? Yeah. Is that what it feels of. like? Okay. And but of I'd course, last, you want to max out your powerpoints to get the best ending. I bet, or just to make your Inquisition stronger and give them more stuff. Oh, okay. You know what it, this sounds like? Yeah. Huh. Sounds a little bit like World of Warcraft. <laughs> kind of. It, it's weird. It's so like that's what I'm saying. Like I, it sounds so, like oh, I'm gonna go five hours. All right. And so I'm what get, am like, I, Let's talk about what we're doing with these powerpoints. Okay. So event. So one of the big mechanics is. I guess the way the the creative director described it or producer I don't remember his title is that this is a um there's a war table and the war table Okay so the inquisition is like a character in its own right and you're engaging with the inquisition to to stop this massive threat because the chantry and the templars can't and the inquisition is like its own character in its own right that you're developing with its own leveling system and the war tables how that manifests in the game and through using powerpoints you unlock new areas or zones. You can affect territories by, say, building watchtowers. Uh, you can send people on operations, which are like little mini side quests that you don't want to do yourself. So, like, imagine Assassin's Creed, yeah, where you would send off a character and they would do stuff, and they would come back and bring you like personal goods task or, rabbit, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, like go with. I want someone to go scout out this territory and they'll come back with a report and now you can go visit that territory or go do assassinate this guy. Okay, good. Now, you know, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff yeah, that yeah, you'd expect. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So you're doing that and you're using that to sort of either strengthen do you have, or do you have a, are there risks associated with that? Like if I say uh, this like person, I, will he die? I don't know yet. Oh, okay. 
that's the thing though. I mean, it's this this game can be like, that's what I wanted to say is that when I was talking to the guys that this game, if you do everything, could be a hundred and fifty hour game. Yeah. But he but he also asked them, Well, what's the shortest you can do? And he said, Well, if you mainline the main quest and just do the minimum just to advance the story to the main quest, it's like a thirteen hour game. Wait, what? That's quite the swing. Yeah. All right, you should have asked him another question, and he probably wouldn't have told you. What What's the minimum to do to get the best ending? <laughs> but he didn't make it about. sound like it was. He said something interesting. There are fail states. Like if you uh-huh. if you don't do certain things, you'll fail the game, and it's like game over. But then you, I guess you go back to an earlier save. But that's what I meant, though. I mean, like something is silly, like. Well, it seemed like of- there wasn't a lot of story, but then I went back to Haven and I started talking to them, to the other characters of my party, and all of a sudden I'm getting a lot of backstory and I'm getting a lot of lore and I'm engaging with people and I'm learning more about this world and learning about their characters' motivations. Most of what this game seems like it's it's engage with it on your level to get as much as you want at any given time. In this zone, you can do everything. You can close all of the rifts. You can unlock all these horses. You can ride around. The- oh, there are mounts now, which you sort of just. Once you unlock them, you hit a bumper and you sort of they sort of it sort of warps next to you. And you can jump on it and your characters disappear and you're right around the map. Or you can do all the different side quests. You can read all the books. But like some like there was another quest that I thought was going to be this like this big side quest where I, I stumbled across this lady, like this elf lady who was telling me, "I've uh, thank you for helping me fight off those guys. I've noticed there's a elven artifact in a in a ruin nearby, and it can help us with these risks. Would you like to help me? I'm like, yeah, that sounds great, lady. And I'm, I thought I assumed she was going to tell me a storyline or something. Like this mini dungeon in the zone was like literally one room. I, I killed a couple of monsters. I, I turned on an urn. It's like thanks, <laughs> and then she left and she walked away. I'm like, that was it. That was Just it. like the bandits. Like they actually stopped me with like a little cutscene, and she's like. There's these special bandits over here. They're trying to scare people away. They're not acting like normal bandits. And I go up this way. I kill them like in five minutes. And there's minutes. no payoff. I, there was a note. And there was another thing where I walked into a house and I, and I oh. saw like a note on the door. It's like someone said, oh, you need to notice about we should investigate this. And I find when I, I follow the quest marker and there's like a dead body on the floor, I kill some Templars. I, I read the note. It's like, oh, they fought. He was betrayed. It's like a lot of that. A lot of tiny little things and that's the thing though. I don't know if it gets deeper I don't know if it gets better all mm. I can tell you is what I saw early on and now, this isn't a game where you carry your save data over from the previous installments right I think so through the keep Dragon Age keep you can go online and you can sort of input the decisions you made or you can use the PC version save oh really but yeah there's okay. dragonagekeep.com and you can put all that stuff in I didn't know that Dragon Age. I can see why I left a bad impression on Brad. I definitely can see the Brad, the bad impression I left on Brad. And I can see why like Phil was interested because he's like, oh, there's so much stuff for me to do. I'm going to spend hours doing all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like Phil. And, but the thing is, I, I don't know where I, le- I stand in between because the biggest question that I had is, am I not that invested because it's not my character? Like if it was my character and I got to choose the voice and I got to make my face and I was – I was the kind of person who would talk to Liliana and do all this stuff, and I would engage in all the crafting. And then, like, would I care more? Because this now is just my inquisition, and everything I do is going to build up my game and my character over time and over the course of the story. Or did I not care because I knew this was a throwaway character? Or did I not care simply because what was there wasn't that engaging? Like, I'll admit, the story sequences I did see that were there, 
seemed a bit quick. Like they kind of felt like, let's just get this out of the way. If you want more story, it's back in on your ship, in quotes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I guess that's my the way I would say that this game is there for you to engage with on your terms. If you want as much story as possible, you're going to be going back after every after every major or minor story beat and then seeing how what everyone has to say. And then going back into the thing and then coming back and seeing what everyone has to say. And then like start sort of juggling back and forth. So what I will say is this, is that this game seems like it wants you to fast travel all the time. Like even within a zone, you set up new camps. And they say like setting up new camps within a zone strengthens the power of the Inquisition <laughs> and gives you, your, your forces more of a presence. But of course the real reason why is because this zone is fairly large and you want to walk across it every single time. So you're warping from like camp to camp to camp. But even those kind of load times are, are a little are a little slow and then warping back to back to Haven and then having to walk through the town to get to my war table. Not only was that a slow load, but then walking to the thing was a slow was time consuming, then opening the door was a little bit of a slow load as well, just to gather everyone to go do something on my war table. So I I think my impression was that a game that encourages you to fast travel as much as this one does or and to go back home as as often and to talk to people needed to have a, a lot faster and more instantaneous save time I mean load times so I don't know if it's because the game isn't final I don't know if it's because it was, I was playing on an Xbox One but it, it seemed like everything needed to be a little bit faster especially if I was going to be jumping from from uh, with camp point to camp point and then from zone back to home and then from zone to zone <laughs> you know it seems like this is very much a game where you're jumping from you're juggling 10 different things that you want to be doing it's like oh i'm gonna jump back to i have those things i need i'm gonna jump back here oh i want to jump back here now to go to the war table because i want to build these watchtowers which is going to take which is interesting the watchtowers actually took real time like these watchtowers will be completed in 47 minutes and mm-hmm. when you're done go inform the guy <laughs> That the watchtowers are done, so our Inquisition can have horses and they're safe along the roads. So, I, I legitimately don't know how I feel about this game. I mean, for perspective on me, I, I played Dragon Dragon Age um, Origins and I enjoyed it. I played the whole game. I did a lot of the stuff that this game did, and I will say this: I, I think differences. I think maybe the reason why Brad didn't like it as much as I did. Or maybe just had a stronger negative reaction is that I remember Dragon Age very clearly, the first one. And I remember that all of the the areas that we went to were these tiny little things and that the, all of the dungeons and levels were these linear corridors. I remember very clearly spending hours going through these linear corridors and then maybe there was a branch off for like a treasure chest or something. And compared to that, and especially compared to Dragon Age uh, two, which felt like the same areas over and over again, this felt much better. The areas felt a little bit more open. I can actually, I mean, it looked beautiful. I can explore the wildlife. I can go hunting if I wanted to. But then what I was doing within those nice, more open spaces was like, our people need blankets. Our people are getting very hungry. If you can go out and kill 10 sheep and bring them back, our people wouldn't be hungry anymore. I was like, you're just standing there. You go go, go get your own damn food. You're not doing nothing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know where I land. I, I need to spend considerable more amount of time with the game. Whether it's nice to have those open spaces and it's nice how pretty and varied the environments are. Like I went from the hinterlands, which is, you know, sort of these rolling hills and mountains and like sort of uh, grassy lands 
to like the storm coast, which is like this like Pacific Northwest beach that was raining. But I, I don't know if what you do in those zones gets better. I will say this though: the hinterlands was so large that I did some minimum number of stuff. I met a lady that I had to meet. I did some minimum number of stuff to walk the new zone, and then eventually I ran across some people who's like, "Come meet us at our at our stronghold in." Ravenhold or something back in the hinterlands Mm -hmm. and I didn't even visit that side of the map yet but already I had to come back and like I I think I could have visited it but I don't think they would have let me in yet so later on I can definitely see you having having to come back to a zone to maybe access an area you couldn't access before or talk to people you can talk to before in that zone so there was reason to come back later and explore again much later well no like maybe like an hour like less like an hour later (laughs) So I just don't know, like, if I'm going to be coming back to the Hinterlands in, like, three hours or in ten hours. So. So I've been messing around with Dragon Age Keep here, and it's found all my old stuff and my achievements and DLC and accomplishments. And I'm noticing, like, man, I've only accomplished 31% of the stuff you can accomplish in Dragon Age Origins. I need to play that game a ton more before I'm ready to play two and then three. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that's depressing in a way. Um, yay. So I really don't know, man. Um, let me see. Let me just look through my notes. If you guys have any questions, now would be a good time to hit me up while I yeah. look through my notes real quickly. Mm. I would say some of the boss fights were more interesting. Like I, I fought like this pride demon. It was like a more engaging boss fight where... Yeah, so what about the what about like the big bosses like that dragon and stuff they shut off at E3? I didn't see a dragon, but I fought this giant demon where I had to uh, there was this portal, I had to disrupt it by hitting the A button, and by disrupting it it would make him um vulnerable so, to attack. So hold on. So this is this is next generation gameplay here. You disrupted the portal by pressing the A button. And then and it would and if I didn't get hit, it would cause the portal to overchart to overload and it would make the demon vulnerable. All right. Hey, it was more engaging than anything you did in most of the Dragon Age fights. <laughs> all right. That's the thing, though. It's like, if I compare it to Dragon Age. Dragon Age Origins, where it's like PC commander mode and all that stuff? It seems like a bigger origin, like a bigger, prettier Origins with a lot remember, more Remember, Origins was a lot of pausing and choosing your next spell command. Not if you played on 360. Yeah, and I didn't. That's not the real version. What are you talking about? Uh, say what you will. I played the entire game like that. Ah, it's supposed to be like Baldur's Gate. Come on. Uh, supposed to, supposed to. If it was supposed to, why did it exist that way? Why did I play it that way? Because they needed to appeal to the common action gamer. Well, and guess what? I will say they this, won I because game. Dragon Age Two came out, and I this it was game all like that way. <laughs> and it was interesting. Like talking to the other people, they talked about how they kept on dying and they kept on getting their party wiped. And it was interesting because my party never died once. So how did um how you played on a console at this event? The PC version was buggy and it crashed on me so i switched to xbox one what i'm wondering does the pc version have alternative interfaces for combat or not um i know you can play with mouse keyboard or with a controller well that no i mean that does i mean like does it have more of a Baldur's gate pause and choose your combat or is it all action combat no matter what now with three um that's on you if you want to pause you can pause very easily okay hmm well, because even though they said you could do that in two, you, it wasn't really the same as like it wasn't one. That's why I'm asking. Um, yeah. I'll be honest. I didn't engage with it very much because I didn't have to. Okay. 
I never felt like, oh, I need to do that. I just ran into the middle of a fight and I started whacking people with my sword. And that was it. Okay. Mm. I don't know how engaging that'll be going. But it was a little boring at first, just hold down the right trigger. But that was mainly because I didn't have that many skills unlocked. Right, right. But, you know, so a lot of these questions is how will I feel? I will say this, though. I, I will say that it's telling. And I think Brad made a good point we were talking is that. I asked him the same question. Am I not engaged because it's not my character? But then I think back to like BlizzCon and when I played, say, Diablo 3 all those times, even when the game was changing. Or even when I played Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls and I knew that Crusader wasn't my character, but I was still checking whether these pants were better than those pants. Or I got excited when the legendary dropped and I put it on, even though I knew as soon as I walked away from the machine, all that data would go away. But I was still excited to do all those things. And I will say that that, that I mean, that tells here. me that the gameplay is not as engaging in and of itself in this game. That could be very much be the case because, like, even when I was, you know, Diablo, that's a game where, like, if you're not going to play for real, why are you even bothering to check whether this is better than that? Right. Or why do you need to, comp- why do you want to complete this last? Because uh, that is bounty. the gameplay. That's the appeal. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah. I'm like, oh no, let me finish this last bounty before we leave. It's like, why do you need to finish this last bounty? You're not going to get anything. It's fun. <laughs> exactly so i will say this i definitely was not as engaged as some demos during like during some demos like that where it's yeah. like oh okay. i can't wait to go home and play that or i can't wait to buy that mm. but at the same time i wasn't i didn't hate what i played okay so i i guess the best way i can say is i <laughs> I'm glad this is why every gamer doesn't review games after playing five hours. I will say, that. <laughs> and that's legitimate. That's why we. That's why you spend all of that time. You put it in there because. Yeah, but at the same time, if if you know, should you really have to put in more than five hours to to enjoy a game? Well, well, well. Let me put it this way: I I wasn't turned off, and I'm curious to see more. I'm curious. But you can I'm spend. Legit- there's so many other games that are fun with less time investment. Mm, yeah, man. yeah. Which is why if I hated it. I understand why Brad, like Brad Galloway, straight up said he's not going to buy the game now, uh-huh. because what he saw was enough of a turnoff that he's like, "I'm there's no way for me to engage with this." What I saw was like, "I'm curious to see where this is going to go." Okay, I, I'm curious to see if I'm going to end up liking this. I'm going to end up thinking it's okay. Well, so you're it. you're unique in that there's a payoff for you, whether it's good or bad, to understand what what happens and where they go with it. It's not even like the story where the story goes because the story yeah. seems pretty. No, generic. you just want to see what they do with this game. <laughs> Yeah. I I just want to see how invested I get in my inquisition. Yeah. Okay. I want to and it, I I I it's so funny though when I when I when someone said like Mass Effect and like it all sort of clicked. It's like, "Yep, those zones are planets and you're going back to your ship. That's, and you're talking to your crewmates on your ship." That's made by it's, the team, right? It's the Mass Effect team making much this, like, right? Yeah, it feels like Mass Effect 3 in a lot of ways. Just the fantasy version. And like every little thing you're doing, like I, I gathered some resources and now all of my soldiers in the Inquisition had like had bronze swords or something. So our, our, uh, our Inquisition power went up like 10%. So it definitely feels like galactic readiness. Well, that's that. an improvement though because in galactic readiness, you just got an entry on a journal screen that said, hey, they've sent soldiers to that fight. And then 
That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to trust it's, that it's, it happens. It's improved. And, it's more improved and involved than that, where you feel like every little thing you're doing actually is benefiting your soldiers in some way. Well, if if nothing else, at least they're carrying around the damn brown swords you work so hard for. Well, not only that though. <laughs> like say, like like little things. Like say, if I choose to build watchtowers to make this region safe, I will see the watchtowers and my men manning the watchtowers. Mm-hmm. If I put up the banners along the roads, I will see my guys on horseback patrolling the roads, making them safer for people. So you actually see the effects of your galactic readiness in quotes on the world. You you know, it, you will see your banners along roadside and there'll be less banded attacks. I will see the watchtowers and they'll less be like roving bands of wolves or monsters. I will I will see the effects of what I've done on the world and on my keep. So it they've definitely improved on those mechanics and they've made it sort of like you're actually visibly seeing those things. Mm-hmm. So let me put it this way. I'm, I'm at this point. I'm probably going to buy the game at launch. Or just play it. Not at launch. Probably okay. not at launch. But I'm well, definitely interested. I'm, I'm not turned off, but I'm also not thrilled. So that's fair. Hey, a game like this, it's a massive. It's a massive game or a short game. <laughs> that's the. The thing that scares me though is that if it, if I really couldn't mainline the main story, I've already done like a th- I've already done like a fifth of it, right? Yes, but you didn't mainline anything that you were doing there. Um, I, I think I got further than most people. I actually met like one of the new character, another character of the of the nine. Hmm. Okay. Just like this weird elf lady who stole people's knickers. <laughs> they stole her. They stole their pants or something. Um, okay. The best way I can assign the character is uh is like um remember uh. Drew Barrymore in Crazy Love or something in that phase of her life. Oh, yeah. I told... That's, no, I don't. No, you don't? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, fine. Uh, I guess for you, remember Brittany Murphy? Crazy Brittany Murphy? Who's that? Okay, fine. So she's a... Like, I guess she's a literal manic pick, manic elf dream girl or something. Just like the bizarre elf lady. Okay. Uh, people at home know what the hell I'm talking about. Somebody does at least. No, sort of like, I'm so wacky and weird, but I'm so full of life. And I, and she kind of looks like Drew Barrymore, too, as she did back in, like in the 90s. Okay. Or Brittany Murphy. Uh-huh. It started like, I'm so silly and weird. Let me join your thing. Don't I have a weird sense of humor? I stole these guards' pants, and now they're fighting us with no pants. Isn't that crazy? And then people's like, why did, you steal, why did you steal their weapons? So they couldn't fight us. <laughs> so they couldn't fight us at all. Because I stole their knickers. <laughs> like that. She sounds annoying. I don't know, man. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I mean, the game looks pretty. It has some nice voice acting. Um, like the main female character that I was playing was voiced by uh, – if you ever watched the English dub of uh, Ghost in the Shell, Major, Major oh, Kusanagi. It's been so long. Yeah. All right. But that's like the main voice actress is like the major. Okay. I have to expect people to go in, Major. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess that's that. I guess it's telling you that I yeah. that I came back from this event and I'm like, I'm having a hard time distilling my thoughts, right? Yeah. Because if you remember when I came back from uh, Reaper of Souls, I'm like, this update and this game fixes all of my problems. Remember after BlizzCon, <laughs> I was so excited, like, oh, yes. they they they've done so much to make this better. And I'm not saying that. And I'm also not saying I hate this game. Have you so played both other Dragon Age games? I played the first one to completion. I skipped the second one. Okay. 
So I, what I, I want to know at least, did they make it better than two? <laughs> I'd, I'd have to say probably. I, they kind of have to have, right? I mean, I'd, I, I, I would say the biggest complaint most people have with Dragon Age Two is just the level of co- the content variety, right. and even in just those small five hours, I saw a, a larger variety of content than I ever than most people were complaining about in the first one, and I saw in videos. Right. <sighs> I know it, it's. It's it's a strange it's gonna be a strange write up. These these kind of things where it's like it's so easy to talk about when you hate something. It's so easy to talk about when you love something. It's 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 hard when you're in the middle. I know at least EA sent out review copies based on what I based on the vagaries people have been saying on Twitter. And I think I, I'm pretty sure Phil Kohler already has his review copy, and a lot of smaller sites have theirs but as yeah. well. So we'll see reviews up soon. Um, I, not I don't know because it doesn't come out to the 18th, right? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure they gave everyone review copies to give them time to if they actually really want to deep dive on that game and spend the 150 hours, especially like this, this is like crazy week with like like Call of Duty stuff and all those major games coming out this week. Mm, okay. So I'm sorry I couldn't give you guys a definitive answer on whether this game is exciting or not. I hope I give you, at least give you all what, like a solid idea. Like the combat, like the combat for me really was like hack and slash, hold on the right trigger, unleash a, an, an attack every now and then. I never died. I just ran into the middle of a fight, hold down the right trigger, knock a guy down. Um. <laughs> the combat was a little unremarkable. It was it was fine though. Yeah, seems fine to me. All right. Well, let's. That, thank you. Um, anybody else? Comments oh. or anybody? Any comments from the chat? Well, no, Anna Marie no, I... has left the podcast for some time. I don't know. I think she's making lunch. Uh, Quinn, um, have you fallen asleep? I, I was actually feeling very sleepy. <laughs> and the chat I has. I did, I did get up at half five this morning. Right, right. And the chat, ha- you lost them when you started talking about PowerPoints and they started noticing that, hey, um, I don't want to present PowerPoints to my boss. I want to, you know. I, um, I will say this. Um, I asked about the multiplayer. The multiplayer is like this completely separate thing or it's just like these co-op missions, these $25, I mean, it's 25-minute uh, dungeon dives with you and a few players. Yeah. Like five players and you just go into a dungeon. Um, you, you, it, It's like completely separate. I think the only thing you really get is that uh, your your co-op character will eventually show up in your keep. And I'll just hang out there, sort of like a trophy. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that. I'm a, I'll say that, like that's kind of my reaction for the whole thing that I play. It's like, cool, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, it was interesting to go to San Francisco, though. I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> Do you buy any clothing? Um, I saw I saw some cool clothing shops. I saw that Lupicia San Francisco store, which is like their biggest store. It's really sure. nice. Um, about, uh, how about hipsters? Lots of hipsters in San Francisco? No, unfortunately, I, I, I think I walked through the bad part of town, which is like a gigantic chunk through the Tenderloin. Lots of homeless people oh. and lots of rundown shops. It was not the best face to show me. <laughs> um... It was interesting. <laughs> I can say about the whole experience. Fair enough. It was interesting. Oh, uh, and I think that's it then for us. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, that was a long one, right? Yeah. So let's uh, let's head into uh, 
excuse me, head into the news. Most of the feedback this week was just uh, some ancillary comments on talking about clothing. So hey, 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 hey. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, first off, this one's for 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 uh, Quinn. Um, Heaven's Word had lots of details emerge from London. I think we covered some of this on the podcast live last week, right? Well, yeah, because I, I reported on it. Yeah, you were there. Uh, jo- uh, Quinn, you're very far away from your mic. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, was, did anything else about Heaven's Word come out since last week? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Or at least I haven't really been paying attention to the site because uh, they released Patch 2.4 on Tuesday. <laughs> You've been too busy playing to look at the news. Yeah, and those patch notes were really long. Oh, who wants to read them, right? Yeah, it's kind of like they had a, um, you know, they they like have a a duty to post them. I yeah, I feel really, really sorry for the guy who actually has to write them because they go on. And on. <laughs> There's probably a lot of people who write them. Yeah, probably. And they get collated together. Eh. All right. So Heaven's Word's still happening. That's uh, that's the 3.0 expansion. Uh, do you you have to buy that expansion? Of course. Oh, well, you didn't have it's to a, buy 2.0, pay, really. It's it's a it's a pay it's a paid expansion for it. Okay, all right. Um, and remember, you only had to buy 2.0 if you didn't have 1.0. Exactly. That's my point. So I thought they were um, maybe but, going the uh, Guild Wars style expansion where you just get it. No, you still had to pay for those. Oh, all right then. Never what, mind. Do you not remember? Do you not remember? Um, no, not really. Oh, that's right, you do, don't you? Yeah. Um, do they have paid expansions for Guild Wars 2? No, no. They just don't have any expansions. Oh, they just add content. Yeah, and then remove it again. Oh, really? Well, oh, that's because how the, that, that's but... how that living story worked. Oh. Um, so uh, the, only th- the, the only thing I do remember them mentioning was um, Yoshi P did say that they were going to try and uh, put a dragon... Uh, model in the collect edition for the expansion. Okay. I'm not sure if that was reported or not. No, I don't think so. Okay. So. Well, that was that was mentioned directly on stage. So. <laughs> uh, Batticade in the chat room says uh, the item list in the patch knows is so long. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got a rundown by our very own Michael Cunningham of all the DLC for Dark Souls 2. Um, there's a three-part Lost Crowns DLC, so he talks about all three there. You can go check that out. Uh, let's see. Freedom Wars is out. Came out yesterday, or two days ago, and then yesterday in Europe, I guess. Uh, we got a trailer up. You check that out, and that's the game where you're imprisoned for a million years, and you have to fight other things to reduce your sentence, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles is on PC. Woo! Go Sega doing something right for a change. Yeah, that was really, really weird. I've got no idea of where that suddenly came from. I don't know. Apparently there might have been a petition, but I mean, there's so many Valkyria Chronicles petitions. It's hard to know what, you know, is important and what has just been around for a while. But yeah, they uh, it, Valkyria Chronicles won. It's on PC now. It's 20 bucks in the US, 20 euros in Europe and 15 pounds in the UK. Uh, it's on all sorts of digital channels, uh, including Steam, right? So let's see. And that's all we know. It's nothing about the sequels coming. Um, but hey, Valkyrie Chronicles in like 1080p, 60 frames a second and stuff. Yeah. So I'm probably going to buy that again just to support it in hopes so that it might 
lead to further Valkyria releases, but well, since um, uh, I never, I my my housemate owned a copy, and I watched most uh, like him play most of it. Um, yeah. But I never actually owned a copy of Valkyria called Valkyria Chronicles myself. So this is a good opportunity for me to pick up. Hmm. Well, it's only seventeen ninety nine right now on Steam. Ten mm, percent off. Oh, because it's not out until November eleventh. All right. So it's a little early. So November 11th and let's see. Yeah, just sometime. And I guess that's the Steam date. I don't know if that's all the other places' dates, but it's cool. Still, 10 days from now, Valkyrie Chronicles comes out and you can be like, hey, I don't have time to play this. Uh, the Dragon Age Keep is up. We were talking about that earlier with Manny. That is a, yeah. It So it imports some of your, your data from your account, like your achievements and stuff that was synced with the web. And like I could see all my heroes there, and 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 pick my heroes from each game and and stuff. But it doesn't import like what you did from your save game. So you have to kind of. It gives you a little storyboard to choose how you made things happen as far as the major world events. And of course, you could revise history a little bit to decide how you want your world to be in uh, Dragon Age Three. Um, and it seems like it, it imports like accomplishments though into your game so I, don't know, I guess that's achievements i don't know how that matters it's not clear how everything matters but there's a lot of stuff to play with a lot of bells and whistles and import stuff and after you've imported it you go back play the game and import again and and whatever so you can keep messing with it hey that's the thing though they're trying this time they're trying really hard with this one so trying what just they're trying they're putting in a lot of effort yeah yeah they are yeah, uh, that general. site's actually rather impressive so just like in general, you can tell they're trying really hard this yeah. time around. Oh. But it's kind of weird. It seems like kind of misplaced effort sometimes because I remember I, I got called in to do a, a conference call. You guys remember I wrote up that thing, the conference call for for customization. It seemed like it was like this yeah. hour-long conversation about custom, and it felt like this could have been like a press release. Why did it? <laughs> no, I, I was being serious. Like, why am I here asking about like uh, the grenades? <laughs> It was so bizarre. Was so bizarre. But they're trying really hard. They really want to bring money. people back after the disappointment that the last one was. Oh. And I guess that's why they're reaching out to smaller sites like us because if you're like, well, if hardcore RPG people like them are into it, that, that'll that show some good credit among other hardcore RPG people. We've always gotten, well, except that E3 when EA is doing all the booking, um, we've done pretty well with Bioware in the past, so that's not too surprising. Um, uh, all right, so Dragon Age Keep's out there. Go to DragonAgeKeep.com. You can mess with that. Import your hero and see kind of like the stuff that matters in Dragon Age 3. Nobuo Matsu says he wants to make a 2D RPG with the Final Fantasy VI team. And he says this in, um, yeah, they had pamphlets with a little interview with Uematsu at a recent Lapis Dream Orchestra concert in Kyoto. And he met, met up with Sakaguchi, reminisced about how great Final Fantasy VI was, and they talked about how they wish they could have done more with the game, and they'd like to make another 2D game, so that'd be awesome. And that's all they know. That's all. So we got Uematsu dropping hits about making a new Final Fantasy VI mm, style game, a, right? You think right? that's? I don't think that's dropping hints. Nah, it's dropping wishes. Yeah. yeah, who cares? I mean, I mean, I'll say this to you, Chris. Don't get too excited. Even if this does happen. It won't be for a while. Manny, I'm past the point of seriously expecting this to ever happen. So just seeing it is fun. 
seen any okay okay if that's all you're if that's all you want out of it that's fine remember that one time when uh when Yu Suzuki was on stage, it's like, yeah, it'd be totally cool to make a new Shenmue or something. <laughs> and then, like all the new stories, Shenmue Four is in the works. And it's uh, like, no, we were, we were we were we were on stage doing an interview, and you said. So here's why you- it's different for Shenmue. Okay. Because that story isn't completed, right? There's uh, there's an obvious room for a third game, right? Sort of, but yeah, but at the same time, though. If you know anything about business or markets, you know that thing no, died. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, of course not. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> Speaking of business and marketing, Pokemon is going to have a dual pack in North America. So a dual what? A dual pack. So if you're used to buying both games at once, um, Best Buy and Amazon are going to have the dual pack for seventy nine ninety eight. Wait, a dual pack? So this mean I can buy the two new remakes of Ruby and Sapphire at the same time? For, for a discounted price, I would assume. Nope. <laughs> for the $79.98, you're paying the full price. They're What's just, the point? There's a bonus item, Manny. Okay. You will get... A physical a item, code right? for each game oh. where you get 100 bonus potions. F you <laughs> is all I can say to them. <laughs> Oh my god. I don't know. Other regions get little miniature figures. This one, the the US folks get drowned in potions. (laughs) Woo! You mean those things that I hoarded my bag anyway? Yes. (laughs) I'm insulted. I mean, in the last game, Pokemon Miles were so abusable. You should only have a stock of like full potions and full restorers and super potions. Does the Pokewalker work with the 3DS? No. (sighs) The 3DS count steps in and of itself. It doesn't no, need but, the Poco Walker. Well, what if I don't always want to carry that in my pocket? But you should always want to play more Pokemon. You know what I think they should do? They should release. They should have a, a smartwatch. <laughs> you could just carry it around, and it could be the Pocket. <gasps> they should make a Pocket app for Google, for Android Wear and uh, iOS and the Apple Watch. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, Nintendo is going to make a uh, a, a health device. Yes. They're trying to expand their base because they understand that they did really well with stuff like a Wii Fit um, with the balance board and their walking training on the th- on the DS. And the reason why they did so well is because they were appealing to people. Well, I guess they already had a lot of people who aren't traditional gamers with their Blue Ocean strategy with the Wii and the DS. And then they just said, hey, we sold you um, Wii Sports. Maybe you're interested in doing some yoga and getting healthier or just walking some more and giving yourself some motivation. So – it's nothing new for Nintendo. It's just now that it seems like they're branching it off to its own separate product line so you don't have to sell people a game machine first right. so they can get healthier. Well, this is, if you remember like a year ago or two that they were talking about having non-wearable health technology. Yeah, quality of life stuff, right? That's Well, they didn't have those names yet. Now they're talking about their quality of life line, um, QOL platform, and it is a sleep monitor. And basically, so, you buy it, you put it on your nightstand, and that's it. There's no installation. doesn't have to touch you. It doesn't move. So how does it actually work? What is it doing? It uses radio waves to read your movement, heart rate, respiration, fatigue, and sends that data to servers to be analyzed. The QOL system will connect with smart devices and dedicated video game devices, presumably the Wii U and 3DS, uh, via the cloud. And uh, I have a big question. I guess it's going to tell you how you're sleeping and how you should improve your diet and stuff. I don't know. I have a big, big question. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people do not sleep alone. Right. So what happens in that case? In that I don't know. 
I mean, uh, how do you tell which person has sleep apnea, you know? I, what, what's going on here? Well, the reason why the Fitbit works are, are similar devices because well, it's you wear attached it. to you. Yeah, it's attached to you. This one is specifically not attached to you. But, I mean, if they're looking for single people, that seems short-sighted. And if you notice, too, that the, um, in the in the pictures they showed, it was only one person in one bed, right? Yeah, one person in one bed. And it's like, well, that's great. They're attracting. They're trying to sell a sleeping health sensor to a single male. No, but it seems like the guy. It seems like the guy or the woman with kids who's actually concerned. Like, uh, I want to be around for my son's wedding. Yeah, or graduation. I should yeah. start getting healthier. Yeah, that's. It's gonna be interesting. See what's going on with that. Because man, everyone is getting into. It. Did you see that Microsoft? Like, sort of like you just know what released. Called? Um, I think it's the Microsoft – I don't even know what it's called. They didn't do a very good job marketing. They just put, hey, it's available. No no press conference, no nothing. Let's see. Microsoft what is it Fitness. It's the the band. Microsoft – no wonder. It's such a generic name. I completely didn't even realize it. And it's a so, wearable band because we don't have enough of those. This is from their uh, Surface team, right? I don't know. It seemed weird. I, I would have liked to have them see, seen them like – Attach it somewhat into the Xbox One ecosystem, just sort of into the entire ecosystem, so they give everyone a reason to play. I mean, to want one. Uh, I they should do a lot of things, and they. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, can you imagine, like, if you give it to gamers and they can get like notifications about games, or like, hey, you've been playing games for a while, maybe uh, go for a while, or just like little things, like, if you can make it all connect together, all your Microsoft stuff connect together, it makes the entire ecosystem more valuable. So let's see. What does it do? It is a fitness device. It is. Uh, it has, has lightweight GPS. apps. It is a sleep trapper tracker, and it is a heart rate monitor. Oh, twenty! Uh, it tracks your heart rate twenty four hours a day, though. Yeah, that's good. And it has two days battery life, and has built in GPS, so you can leave your phone at home or whatever when you go out for a run, and it'll still track where you've been. It is and it can show your pace and all that stuff in the distance. I'm reading this TechCrunch article. Whoever took the picture of the device to put in the article, didn't bother to clean it off before taking so it. So the picture they've got up got this big old ugly fingerprint on it and a bunch of dust. It's like, oh, thanks, guys. <sighs> All right, so what, what do you do with this thing? Does it talk to my smartphone or do I need, like, a Windows phone? No, um, it's, it's completely cross-platform. All right. Well, that seems useful. It's 200 bucks. Sleep monitor, you know? Right. Yeah. We'll see if there's any app. Yeah. I doubt it's going to be like the next revolution in gaming or anything yeah. like that. No. Yeah, I know that. Uh, let's see. Square Enix uh, put up some footage of Final Fantasy 15 during this uh, live stream of, of Tabata Director's Active Time Report. Um, they, so you can watch. You can go to Silicon Area and get a bunch of the Japanese footage. Um, they're showing. Let's see. What are they showing? You can stop by the gas station. You can rest and dine with your buddies. Um, you can, you know, be passed by other cars. There are places you can explore. Go fight a big dinosaur. Uh, let's just talk about some of the stuff you can do in the game. Um, there's all kinds of monsters that appear at night that are extra dangerous and scary. Um, they talk to each other while you're out and walking. They'll comment on the sun coming up, and yeah. So, yeah. the lots of lots of showing off of 15 for people and it's looking cool i think i'm excited for 15 all right no one's talking no one else cares uh i saw some videos of it yeah. 
And uh, I'll say it's interesting seeing them drive around and then get into these big fights as they're driving. Everything else about it, eh. I do like the idea, too, that, like, the main character, the prince, is sort of, like, running away. And that uh, maybe it's because he's gay. And he's, he'd rather be with his one of his partners who's, like, a boyfriend and one. You don't know which one. And they're mm-hmm. just going on a road trip because they need the time to think and maybe mature a little bit. So you're turning this into Gone Home. No, not Gone Home. I would say more like um, – what was that Britney, Britney Spears road trip movie? I don't Where know. All four girls that just, need to, just need to get away. We need to get away. Uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? <laughs> no, no, that's totally different. <laughs> okay. Uh, Blizzard is planning on World of Warcraft being around in 2014. Of course. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, I know. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah, some interviewer guy was like, yeah, we're totally planning on there being 10 more years a while. Well, and it's not, gosh, that's not even a new so. story. Like, yeah. the new story should be a Blizzard willing to take your money as for as long as you're willing to give it to them. <laughs> that's not really a new story either. Um, news, more newsworthy, there's a Steam Halloween sale going on with uh, games like Typing of the Dead, Fallout 3, um, Dead Space Pack, Binding of Isaac stuff. So lots of scary type games on sale through <gasps> November 3rd. Rebirth is coming out soon, right? Yes, Rebirth is coming out. Soon. Yeah, Rebirth's coming out on Tuesday. Oh, wow, that's oh. very soon. Hmm. I heard rumor that's going to be a Games of Gold game. Okay. Not Games of Gold, uh, PlayStation Plus. Okay. That'd be cool. So you might get it for free. I like that. Costume Quest 2 is on sale, as is Shadowgate. Yeah, Costume Quest 2 is like half price. The bundle's only 10 bucks for one and two. Oh my gosh. Go for that. Shadowgate, that looks cool. All right. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, oh. oh, that reminds me. If we're going to yeah. talk about uh, games with gold, yeah. this month uh, we have Vina P- Vida. What was the second Vida Pinata? Vida Pinata. I'll just go to the games with gold. Whatever. Website. The Vida Pinata 2. Let's just say that. Yeah, I'm totally going to do... Oh, is that up now? Yeah, it's November 1st. Right. I was there yesterday. And of course, that wouldn't work. So this month, yesterday. we have on Xbox One, we have Volgar the Viking. Uh, and then for the first half of November on 3.6, we have Viva Piñata, Trouble in Paradise. And then for the second half, Red Faction Gorilla. Two, two uh, underrated gems. Red Faction Gorilla was underrated? Absolutely. I thought people really liked it. I think they did, but I don't think it sold very well. <laughs> All right. Chariot's still up for Xbox One. Here we go. Volgar the Viking. Ah, Trouble in Paradise is the name of the Vita Pinato game. Yeah, totally both worth playing. Red Faction is still probably fun if you want to bust it out. Um, it's also like the 10th anniversary of GTA, San Andreas. If anyone... Oh, I guess I mentioned that last week. Anyway, all those games are still on sale. <laughs> Nice, 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 nice. Uh, let's see. Best Buy and Target are having a bunch of video game sales starting on November 9th. So some weak, leaked ads. Uh, let's see. Buy one, get one half deal for 3DS games from Nintendo. Discounted 3DS XL, some Xbox One deals. Um, so you can get an Xbox One with Connect and Assassin's Creed Unity for 350 bucks. That seems like a good deal. No? Maybe? I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, it seems pretty cheap, and people seem to really love uh, Sunset Overdrive. I th- I thought it was it could go either way. I thought people were gonna either really really hate it, <laughs> but it seems like no, people seem to love it. Target's got a buy two get one free sale for all games, 
all platforms starting. I was about to say buy two Xbox ones, get one free. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of keep watching for a good Xbox One deal because I got all these games with gold. So if I ever get one, I'll have lots of stuff to play. Mm, let's see. We talked about that already. Uh, oh, we've got an EverStar interview up on RP Gamer. So I don't. Uh, it's a third. It's a 3D party-based RPG that's in the middle of its Kickstarter campaign. We got a big interview up, um, so you can go check that out. And learn more about EverStar, what it is, if you want to fund it. Um, it's got cool-looking graphics. Um, it's obviously not done yet because it's being kickstarted. Um, we've got a review of Borderlands: The Prequel by Adrian Denauden and Borderlands. Borderlands, Borderlands. Saving Throw has a review up of Power Play, Schemes and Skullduggery. Ooh, not so great, but you can go check that out. Scott gives you, or Zach, excuse me, gives you a review of uh, Power Play, the tabletop. That's a tabletop game. Uh, and we have Arno Surge, Ode to an Unborn Star, got a review up for our. So go check that out. Sam Marcello gave that a review. And finally. We have our console and handheld digital store update. So let's see. Uh, what was new this week? Costume Quest 2, Falling Skies, Freedom Wars, Legend of Korra, and Lords of the Fallen in, the, in North America. And that same list except Shin Megami Tensei 4 instead of Legend of Korra in Europe. <laughs> uh, sales. Uh, yeah, some random sales. Castlevania, Disgaea, Hour of Darkness, Grunlancer, Mass Effect are all on sale on their various digital platforms. And uh, in Europe, Mass Effect and Ease Memory Cell set are on sale. So go check that out. I do not have a list of this week's uh, releases because the site I go to did not update for this week. So I'm kind of... Uh, what comes out this week, guys? Anyone know? Uh, the big one is probably Call of Duty. I mean, yeah, Binding of Isaac. Harvest Moon the Lost Valley is out this week big deal in big. my household <laughs> yeah and a big deal for Harvest Moon fans um, and I don't have anything else why don't we why don't we just actually pull up a release list what's wrong with us I'm on our release list oh the RP just a general one oh well where do you get that anywhere release list I went to my site where I have it they didn't update for this week so what site uh, tech gaming Tech gaming. The reason I use that one is because that's what cheap ass gamer uses. So I and it's a really nicely formatted list when they do it. So I need another site that's more reliable. Okay, so where are we? What's the date today? November first. Okay, we have November for Bioshock Infinite: The Complete Edition, Xbox 360, PS3. Okay. Uh, Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare, Citizens of Earth, Harvest Moon, Moto GP. Binding of Isaac, The Wolf Among Us on PS4 and Xbox. Well, not a very good week. Okay, let me see. On the 6th, we have The Swapper. Yeah. Okay, next next week on the 11th, we get, we get two Assassin's Creed games, Halo Master Chief Collection, Lego Batman, Zenron and Kagura, Shape Up, Sonic Boom, Tales of Hearts R, Tropical Five. And then, like, a couple of days after that, you get uh, World of Warcraft, Worlds of Draenor. It seems like everyone got out of the way of Call of Duty. All right, I have a question for you. 
Should I play the first Viva Pinata first, or do I just jump oh, right into two? Oh, come on. Stop with this. <laughs> just play the game. I have both. <laughs> just play the game. Oh, fine. I don't know. I might not understand the origin story of the Pinatas. I'm honestly wondering which one's better. Or if it matters. I don't know. I don't know. You can just look it up. I'll just. Yeah, it. it seems like the reason why this week is light is because everyone got out of the way of uh, of uh, Call of Duty. So it's Call of Duty week. Yeah. All right. Call of Duty week. Hey, there's hey, plenty a lot of other people stuff are excited. Play. Let's go play level our Final Fantasy 14 characters. All right. Um, does it seem like there? Aside from Warlords of Draenor, I don't see any big RPG releases. Oh, Persona Q Labyrinth. On the 25th. Yeah, and of course you've got Dragon Age Inquisition coming soon. Oh my goodness, I just played that game and I still forget it exists. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so I have... Uh, John, uh, Alice, it's time for the miscellaneous news section. So if you have updates on Star say, Citizen... Yeah, PAX Australia is currently underway. Um, they have just shown off the FPS module. Um... All I can really say is, from based on the limited things that I've seen, I haven't watched the full presentation since I got back from work. Um, but I was kind of expecting the FPS module to be, like, the weakest part of it. Like, mostly because Star Citizen, up to this it's point... It's supposed to be always... a 3D action space combat game, right? Well, you, you, I kind of expected Chris Roberts's chops to be kind of more invested on the space simulation combat side of things. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, an FPS module seems a little bit out there. I do have, did, do have to remind myself occasionally that the underlying technology behind Star Citizen is the CryEngine 3, uh, um, which was mostly used to develop FPS games, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, CryEngine um, 3 is actually used by a lot of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, like, the game series it came from yeah. it was an FPS series. Yeah. Um, and um, from what little I've seen of it so far, it actually looks pretty good, which I was kind of unexpected by, really. I was, I, I, I was honestly expecting it to be the weakest part of, of the entire thing, but I, I kind of feel like they've built it up quite a lot. Yeah. That works. Oh, all right. That's that does it for news. So now it's time to ask what you will be playing this week. Also, started thinking of a question of the week. Anybody for our peoples? I probably should have started thinking of that earlier if you had one. <laughs> oh yeah, Pokemon's coming out later this month, Manny. You forgot about that? Oh, all right. <laughs> Mega Ruby Elf Sapphire on the twenty first. There's a demo out now. I've played the demo my ten times, gotten all the unlocks I can get for the main game. And, what kind uh, of unlocks did you get? Uh, this dumb items and heart scales and you know just nice things to have better than 100 potions that's for sure so and oh and a pokemon a a, a glalie which will import right into the game with the mega stone so it can mega evolve what's a glalie i don't know it's a big ball that's got spiky horns and it's scary cool g l a l i e it's a pokemon i don't know what to tell you it's uh, weird looking. So, uh, blah, 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 blah. so what will I be pay- playing this week? Hmm. I I don't know. My gaming is weird right now. I don't know what I want to play at all. Um, I should have been playing Costume Quest too, right? It's the right time of year, and yet I can't uh, get into it. I don't did you know already why. play Costume Quest one? Yes. 
Do you want more of the same? But yes. slightly different? I, well, very, I mean, very it's slightly not that different. long, so yeah. Yeah, I want more ah. costume quests. That's why I pre-ordered it. Uh, all right. All right, said, Lim- all right. Knock on house. Candy, no candy. Fight. Knock on house. Candy, no candy. Fight. Yeah. Hey, but, if that's what you're into. Hey, I played the DLC it. and there are questions to be answered, all right? There are portals and mirrors and stuff and we got to go in and rescue people. It's important. I might pick up Shadowgate and play that, actually. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. All right. Somebody help me figure out what I should be playing. Look at my Steam library or something and say, hey. Don't you have a bunch of games you haven't even finished yet? I so many. Um, Shadow Mordor. That's what I should do. I should just buckle down. Finish what you, yeah, finish what you got, man. Don't I worry about so what's next. And 14 and Shadowgate that I'd like to play and, and, and finish what you got. and Wasteland 2. And, have you um, even finished Wasteland 2? Have you started it? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I've started it. I talked to you about it for a while. Um, then get back in that, man. I'm almost done with Arizona. I need to wrap that up, and then I can go to California. Um, hmm. And you're sitting here worried about what you should be playing. You know what you should be playing. I should, yeah, but I can't get myself excited to play any of it. Why not? You're done with I it? I don't know. I just – I have this problem. I've of what? Choice paralysis. Uh, you need to be – you know, I don't think it makes the game – if you're doing it for the podcast, I'll say this. Yeah. I think the kind of people listening to the show don't really care if you've touched five minutes of everything. I think they probably care more about deep dives of RP, like the kind of nuanced RPG talk that like a show like Cheap Ass Gamer or Giant Bomb or other stuff will not do. They'd well, rather hear I, I the don't, I don't disagree with you, but I'm having trouble getting myself to go deep. It's been a lot easier to just play whatever. Lately, all right. That's why I put time into Peggle too. As long as you're not doing it for the podcast sake, because okay. I really do yeah. think people actually want it. Like, even if we're playing an old ass RPG, like say I started playing Skies of Arcadia for the first time, I think people would like to hear like a deep dive on Skies of Arcadia and why and how it holds up compared to like compared to when it first came out, or someone who's never played that kind of game before going into it and describing why they love it. That that's probably more interesting. Noodle in the for, chat for a hardcore. Right. We should play speedrunners. That is not an RPG. Right. Noodle, okay. you're fired. <laughs> All right, what are you going to play this week, Manny? Um, if I have time, uh, if I have time, more South Park, which I'm really enjoying. Good. But I think next week is BlizzCon, and I will be going. And then there's uh, stuff to write on Monday. And just like a lot of stuff in between, and then I got there's like I'm gonna drive off to San Francisco directly after BlizzCon for some business, and it's gonna be busy. So hopefully I'll find some time soon. Hmm. I just realized something. I'm probably gonna play some Harvest Moon this week because I like I care about the stuff my wife's working on. So, hmm. all right, Alice, what are you playing this week? Mute button. Dead. Yeah, mute button. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't find it on the cable. Um, uh, most, I think, most of my gameplay will probably gameplay time will probably go into Final Fantasy fourteen. Probably. All right, fair enough. What server are you on? You're on the server I'm on. Oh, I should totally like Leviathan. harass you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Cool. All That's right. pretty much it. And, and okay. Anna, I'm sure, will be playing lots of Harvest Moon. She's she's uh, indisposed at the moment, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where she'll be. So that's uh, that's it. Do you got a question for us, Manny? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe just like some show stuff. Uh, what what do you prefer on the RPG cast? Uh, 
a broad discussion of all the new games, like really, or like a quick discussion of new games, or maybe deeper, more nuanced discussions about older RPGs that might have been out for a while. I like or that when might you can, be slow to finish. I like when you can give us all the ins and outs of the, the latest Dragon Age event. I want to do more stuff like that. <laughs> Get me invited to more events. Yeah, let's keep working on that. Yeah, or maybe, yeah, answer. or how about that? Like, what, what kind of RPG talk do you like on the show? Mm. Okay. Uh, blah, 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 that's it. All right, so thanks, everybody, for watching this week. If you'd like to contribute to the show, you can do through through a number of ways. One, emails at podcast at rpgamer.com. We can read your message right here on the show when Chris gets around to digging out the 3,000 spam messages in the inbox. So if you can put in a title that's like RPG cast, it's really helpful. Two, Call us at 608-729-4098. Record a voicemail. I always check those, and I'm always sad because there's never any voicemails. I will play them live on the show. Three, email an MP3 to podcastrpgamer.com. That'll stick out because it's got an attachment. And again, just like the voicemail, I can play it right here on the show, and I'll probably have better voice quality, so that's cool. Make a segment. Send it the same way with an MP3 attached to an email or a link to a Dropbox on the, in the email. Four, Go to our message boards, board.rpgamer.com. Go to the latest update section. That's where you'll find the show thread every week entitled RPG Cast. And uh, you can go ahead and contribute there to the discussion. And what's nice about the forums, of course, is that we can talk back at you during the week. And you can have a discussion about interesting stuff in the show or interesting stuff in general. And then maybe it'll bring back to the show or maybe you can just expand on stuff that we were talking about today. And with that, I'd like to thank the people who join us in our chat room. That's 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, every week on Saturday, where you can join us live at rpgamer.com slash live. Jump into the chat room and talk to us during the show and talk to each other. And, of course, we are always live at our IRC at PoundRPGamer on irc.esper.net. Join with your favorite IRC chat client or any sort of web applet. You can also go to rpgamer.com slash irc to jump into the discussion there. Tons of ways to connect. And, of course, we've got social media as well. Facebook is uh, RP Gamer, and Twitter is also RP Gamer. Yes. Um, hit us up. And if you do want to send us some comments, but you don't want to go to the trouble of sending an email because that's too complicated, or just sign up, how about just send us some questions or comments at RP Gamer on Twitter? I, I'm sure Chris and I both read it, and maybe we'll just st- oh, yeah. store it or log it for later. That's so just- right. Yep. Send us comments, questions at RPGamer on Twitter if that's the easiest thing for you. And leave us a review on iTunes. Those are very helpful. And I want to get rid of all the reviews that say that I'm bad. Because there's reviews that complain about the host. So if you lick, like me, lick, leave me a review. Licked. 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 Somebody really didn't like how lick was pronounced or lich. I don't even know. How, what is it? Let's see. Um, dictionary.com da, 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 da. We'll do it right for that one person Lick uh, British obsolete Lich It is Lich 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 Lich, Lich. Alright goodbye everybody If you read, the, if you read our Lich. iTunes reviews you'll understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks everybody for watching We'll catch you next week Until then goodbye everybody Bye now.